So there's a clear, there is a audience. clear disconnect. Yeah. Right, right. And it's the same thing that I saw, um, not to compare it to Eternals again, but like with Eternals to where like, I think the audience score was like 77-ish and like mm -hmm. the critic score was, I think around like 40s as well. Yeah, and I remember so, when um, it first came out, it was at 36 critical review. I remember that, and yeah. I, I was I, like, I like you're out of your fucking mind. Like, <laughs> who's like, so this is gonna Wonder be Woman 84 is better than this movie? Are you out of your- And we are live with another episode of The King Talks. Today, The King Talks, Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania, which I realized is a super long title. And then I had to write it all out and everything. If you're watching us live, you can see who I am. I'm your host, Demetri Pereira. And if you're watching us live, you're watching us on twitch.tv slash thekeegshow or youtube.com slash thekeegshow. And if you're watching us live, you can see who the guests are. And if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see any of that. You just hear our voices. And that's where we get your podcasts from. I'm Demetri Pereira. I'm the host. Let me introduce my guests for today that we're going to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania because it came out on Friday and I want to know what everybody thinks. But first, we got Justice, aka Jay Likes Comics. Justice, how you doing? I'm doing good, bro. How about yourself? I'm doing good. I'm trying to remember the last time I had you on the show. It's been a while for you, too, because we were doing the, the Streamlounge stuff for a little bit. Yeah. I think the last episode I was on was um it was an it was for Andor, but I don't remember which mm. Andor it was. Yeah, yeah. One of those episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah it's been a minute. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm glad to be back on. Such a good show. Such a good show. I'm so excited for season two. I was so sad when it ended. Like for I you know, like when you're watching a show and like you're really invested and really into it, and then once it ends, you feel like that depression for like a little bit. Yeah, I was experiencing that. Like, I don't know why I was like, I wasn't, I was like eating a little bit less. I'm like, why am I depressed? And it's like, oh yeah, I don't have anything to look forward to this week. But it's, it's what I call post-prom syndrome. Post-prom syndrome. Basically, basically. I mean, do you, do you remember what it was like in high school after like the, the week after people come back from prom? Right. It's not right. quite as exciting. Everybody's right. like, We're, what are we, there's a lot of buildup to prom and then that's it. Right. There's like literally the entire year you're prepping for prom and then prom I mean, happens. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then for the rest of the year, you're like, okay, now what? Like, yeah. Math. Cool. I mean, summer, but like you have that like month that it's just like, I don't know. You're just like, yeah. Well, technically, May, I, May was a little bit different because like my birthday is in May. So I got excited about that, but like still, like no one else would be. I'd be like excited. Like it's my birthday and my friends are depressed. And they're like, okay, well, you're not happy i was born fine yeah cool then i mean cool. it's, it's no prom <laughs> you know yeah um we also not only got justice we also and i i think it's funny because just the name and like names uh we also got hero aka hazards and hijinks what up hey keeg i'm back you can't stop me i'm going to take over this channel eventually and then <laughs> I mean, i'll yeah. put it on a long-term hiatus <laughs> long but you already have your own channel yeah which is currently on a long-term hiatus <laughs> <laughs> um it, it's good to have you back man back in the day i mean i i'm gonna i'm gonna give hero a lot of credit here i think the reason i started the keeg is because hero and i 
would finish shows at like midnight, 1 a.m. and then stay up till 5 a.m. in the parking lot talking about comic books and movies and stuff. It's true. So y'all go way back. Mm. We go way back. Oh way wow. Back. Uh first I mean first episode uh Kiro, your first episode, right? Yeah, I'm first I'm first guest. Oh, yeah, actually I've always been second guest. There's always been top billing and then hero. I don't know. Billing. <laughs> okay, the three the three first guests on the key back in 2015. It was uh, you, it was Sam, and it was It was Sam and me. You specifically made it clear that it was Sam. I didn't say that. It's you and Sam <laughs> and uh was it Winston? No, was it uh, Andy? I think it was Andy was that first episode. It was Andy. Yeah. So yeah, back when we did it live and in person, you know, yep. uh, years back. I've um, done every every format of the key that the key has existed in. I have done an episode. I've done it when it was pre-recorded. I've done it when it was live. I've done it when it was um, just a podcast. I've done it when yeah. it was on that one uh, streaming service. I don't even remember. What yes, it was. volume. Yeah. Yes, volume. I've I've. I've done the drinking games. I I am so connected to like I'm not part of Keeg, but I'm so connected to it that I remember when Dimitri was workshopping the name Keeg and like coming up with catchphrases to go with it. Oh, that's so um, cool. Like, that's it's my been brother, a long time. My brother designed the original uh uh kind of um uh screen transition that you had. I don't know. If oh yeah, still- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. That's yeah, we, wild. We, we go we we go way back, and now it's 2023. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? thought? Man, uh, look it's, at us it's, finding time in our busy careers as extremely <laughs> successful entertainment personalities to do I mean, this show just just because yeah. we love it. Between the ticks of a second, you know, <laughs> we make it work. We make it we work. Try. Um, we got we got old, we got new, and with the Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, um. Time Lots has no meaning blue. in the quantum realm. Mm-mm. That's true. You know? Zero. Um, None. We, we're here to talk about this movie. Um, but first, I, I, I want to know what you guys thought about uh, the first Ant-Man movie. Okay. Let, oh, let's take it Let's take it. it chronologically. Let's take it back to, when was it? 2015. 2015? Um, yeah. Was it 2015? Mm, yep. Okay. It's as old as the key. It's as old as the key. Oh, the 25th. It's so weird to think that 2015 was like almost like oh, wow. 10 years ago. Like yeah. eight years ago. Ugh. I graduated that year. Um, <laughs> In 2015? I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're so old. like that. You're no, so I'm, old. I'm so let's, old. Let's like, focus on how old Justice is. Uh, yeah. Every day Justice, I wake up old. Back the pain. old fogey? I know, I know. Like I had to use touch up because my wrinkles. It's just like I know. I think best. Zoom has a filter, right? Does Zoom have a filter? That's what I was I was joking about. Yeah, yeah. 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 Zoom has tons of filters, man. Let's see yeah. what we got here. Yeah. Um <laughs> 2015. Uh, which is funny because Ant-Man originally came out in 2015, but it was in high in development for so long because Edgar yeah. Wright. Edgar mm-hmm. Wright was supposed to be director of Ant-Man, and then they mm-hmm. ended up he ended up leaving for creative differences, which I think it's yeah. like you have to adhere to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, it was a blessing in disguise. Right. And right. so then who's it? Zach Penn? Uh, uh no, no, Peyton is, Reed. Uh, Peyton Reed. Yeah, Peyton Reed. Peyton yeah. Reed coming mm-hmm. in as as a as a substitution carrying the franchise yeah. for three films now. Who, who is, else has done that? 
Who at what other director has done three a trilogy three in Marvel? John Watts. Uh, shit. Um, I think did John uh, Watts do Spider Man? Spider Man. Yeah, John yeah. Watts. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. James Gunn's finishing up Guardians three. Yeah, right. but he hasn't Gunn. technically done it yet. Right. Um, you can't count John or um, you can't. Yeah, John Favreau because he only did the two Iron Man. Yeah. Um, was it? Is that just? Is it just three? Is it just three directors? It, yeah, For, right now it well right now it's just two. It's just Peyton who is the first. Oh yeah, because James Guardians well, Three. I mean, Peyton out. started, but then Watts got across the finish line before him. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, John Watts start. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were really John pushing Watts. the Spider-Man franchise real yeah. fast, right? Yeah. Every two years, right? Like, yeah, and and now we're like, we're not gonna do any for a while. Calm down, guys. They'll remember that? Soon. Remember when everyone in their mom was freaking out because for a second we thought Spider Man, like right when they brought him in, was gonna be taken from us. That was a time. oh yeah yeah yeah. And remember when they did that same joke to us again with the second one, and then they did it again with Endgame, and then they did it again with No Way Home. I, They're always renegotiating that Sony Marvel contract. Yeah, I, I think I, I think the reason Kevin Feige said, "Ah, uh, yeah, Peter will be around, but we're not going to see him for a while," is he wants Sony <laughs> to put out so many shit Spider-Man movies. Yeah, it, like implodes the whole franchise. They lose all of the money, and they beg him to make another Spider-Man, and he's like, "Okay, yeah, okay, these are the new terms." You know? <laughs> yeah, that's he said, let's plan. bankrupt you first. Yeah, I. I'm so tired of Sony's involvement. Sony is mood. Sony yes. is the guy at the party that that swears up and down he can break dance. They're like, yes. they're like, he's yes. like, like Sony. Sony's like, look, I'm gonna show you some new moves, and people are like, we've already we've seen your moves. You've knocked over vases. You smashed yeah. my mom's like rocking chair, and they're like, no, 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 no. but I, I've been getting better. I've been practicing, you know, and it's like. I, I don't want you to do it. And they're like, well, I'm going to do it regardless. So you might as well have it here or elsewhere. And they're like, I can't stop you. And then he breaks more shit. Yeah. Right. And, but like it sticks to landing, like maybe once or twice with like spider, like the actual Spider-Man, but it's because oh, okay. they had help from a friend who like, you know what I mean? Like was holding them to like bounce them if they were trying to do a flip. And so it's <laughs> like, like on their yeah. own, they're trash. But like when they have guidance, it's like, okay, well, yeah. I mean it's mostly that it's mostly them, not you, but cool. yeah. no fault of their own. They have successfully done a pop and lock like twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, yeah. that's two more than anyone else has done. True. Right. True. I right. mean <laughs> Oh God, Warner Brothers. Um Hero, are you allowed to talk about Avi Arad or no? We don't have I'm to. allowed to talk about Avi Arad. Yeah. Okay. I think Avi Arad is the worst thing to happen to Spider-Man. Uh he is, you know, like there, there are few quotes in literature that are more impactful than I think uh, 2008's um, Christopher and Jonathan Nolan's line, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Like yeah. that is so ubiquitous in society. We've seen it now affect tons of different things like in real world, in fiction, in all sorts of stuff. But I think Avi is a, a great example of that because we would not have the superhero film industry in right. its current iteration without him. Fair. That's fair. We would not have Wizard Magazine and Toy Fair Magazine without him. Why? What like, do you do for that? He founded those. Those are his. Really? Yeah. I mean, you would know. 
but yeah. Yeah, I would know. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Like um the the whole uh Avi essentially saved the comic book industry post the uh the the bubble of the early 90s. Remember the collapse of the early 90s that almost yeah, killed the, comic the Marvel book one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, well, yeah, overall comic book industry collapsed, but also Marvel went back bankrupt. Marvel went bankrupt. He was the one who what? worked with uh with uh uh Stan Lee to hmm. get the properties all spread out all over the place. And that's why he ended up with Spider-Man. Um and and again, like it was his it was his guidance that led to Spider-Man being, you know, OG Spider-Man being one of the most successful films of all time. Um, uh, Spider-Man two, uh, you know, setting the precedent that you can replicate it. And then like without him, he hired Kevin Feige. Kevin okay. Feige was nobody until he went, yeah, I'm going to, uh, you like comics, uh, go make, uh, go make the uh, fucking Punisher, I think was the first film that Kevin Feige produced. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then he was put in charge of Fantastic Four 2, Rise of the Silver Surfer. And that's when he and Avi had a falling out over creative differences. And um, then he went over to Paramount, got Iron Man, and then kind of started Marvel Studios. Yeah. So, but like, Avi Arad is the one who pushed Venom onto Spider-Man 3. He is. He's the one who pushed Venom, on, Venom onto Spider-Man 3. He's the one who still to this day is pushing to get a Sinister Six film, even though it makes no goddamn mm. sense. Yeah, you have to earn it. That's the problem. Yeah, to, like yeah. some of these villains and some of these storylines have to be earned. DC mm -hmm. does the same problem where it's like, why would you have the first Flash movie be Flashpoint? Maybe it makes sense now, but it doesn't make sense as a first thing. Like, don't blow your load on Joker in the first Batman movie. Don't right. do like you're gonna do Professor Zoom in the first Flash anything like those. There's you got to work your way to it, right? Yeah. Don't do mm. Dark Knight Returns in Batman versus Superman, well, and the death of, <laughs> and the death of Superman. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, it totally worked out. You know, all of all of those all of those Snyder Bros. You know, were proven. Yeah, right. they loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So Ant Man, like uh, 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 Edgar Wright, you know, leaves for creative, you know, differences. Peyton Reed hops on board and, you know, up until now, he's done the three Ant-Man movies. Uh, did you guys like the first Ant-Man movie? Yeah. There was, like, no expectations for it, right? No. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I feel like when it was announced, I was just excited because it was another Marvel movie. I had no idea who the fuck Ant-Man was. I was like, okay, cool. This dude's talks to ants he flies on an ant i love paul rudd bet um but so i yeah i really had zero expectations and when i watched it it's now like one of my like in my top 10 mcu movies so it's just it's yeah i i loved absolutely loved out of it. 30 now right is there 30 uh 31 quantumania makes 31 yeah okay 31 but yeah out of 31 marvel movies ant-man is in my top 10 and uh, yeah, and I had zero expectations for it. So yeah, I absolutely adore the first Ant Man. Yeah, mm. I I vividly remember having one of those comic book conversations in the parking lot with you, uh, Dimitri, and Anthony Demarbier, and we were talking about the fact that Ant Man was going to be their first failure because they would not recover from Edgar Wright stepping away. That mm -hmm. not only was the bar set low, there was a negative expectation. They had to, like, that film had to overcome 
whatever we thought the Edgar Wright film was going to be right and then justify its own existence and I remember being right. I remember I was uh, I am forever the Marvel evangelist so I'm like no they'll pull it off I don't know how but they'll pull it off and he really? was like no because this was right after Age of Ultron which has aged really really well but at the time when Age of Ultron came out was we a disappointment were, we were screaming that the sky was falling like we were like yeah Fuck. I was uh, so upset. Yeah, we, we didn't understand that Marvel was like, no, we will make a film that just builds six other films 15 years later. Like that, that's <laughs> a full function. Yeah. Um, but but then I remember uh, Ant-Man like blew me away. Um, it was their first one uh, where they were like, this is strictly a genre film. Like that's how they marketed it. It was a heist. Mm -hmm. It's one of I love heist films. I love heist genre as a. Yeah. And it's like it's a solid fucking heist movie. Um, and the the thing like the there were definitely things that didn't work about it. There were definitely things that didn't work about it, but overall it was a more of a success than a failure. And it kind of got us into this notion of like, okay, Marvel just knows how to get on base. Like yeah. they're they're always on base. 30 fucking at bats have gotten them on base, they've never been struck out. Um, not you know, not once. Um, and Ant you really, you don't think there's a there's been a strikeout on any of these movies? I don't know. I well, like again, on what metric are we measuring them? Like yeah. box office? No, there has not yeah. been. There has you're not saying even because even the bad ones make money. You're saying even the mm -hmm. bad ones. Like me personally, the biggest misstep that they made in their entire canon would be the Eternals. I think okay, Eternals, yeah. The Eternals should have been a Disney Plus show. I think if it had been I agree. a Disney Plus show, it would have won Emmys. Um, they they just didn't realize the power of that platform, you know, when they yeah. were in production with that show. Uh, but that one made what three times its budget? Um, yeah, but it's, it's, it's considered like an eighty-four fan. Like it's lowest Rotten Tomato score for what? Eternals, right? People are saying Eternals is the lowest Rotten Tomato score. Quantumania is second lowest, which is wild to it, me. Because both of them bonkers, dude. It there are worse tied. movies. There, there are worse Marvel now. movies. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. Justice, do you, do you, what MCU movies would you say are worse than Quantumania and Eternals? Uh, who? Multiverse. Because I have a pick. I have multiverse oh, madness. He came out <laughs> yeah. I was well, I would because they it's there was so much wrong with the lead and the build-up to multiverse of madness, and then watching the execution, it was just it, it was not it didn't matter. It the didn't movie matter. at the end yes. does not matter. Exactly. And you know Wanda's alive too. Like, what's the yeah. point right. of the whole rock? Like, there was just so Mordo. Many Mordo yes. and Christine are not even that universe's Mordo and Christine. So any no. changes, any growth of their characters does not matter because it's it, another universe's version. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I would my main my biggest pick, like so far, is Multiverse of Madness. It first was uh Thor the Dark World, but ever since Multiverse of Madness came along, easily my worst MCU movie. My like first is bottom. Doctor Strange. I just want to throw it out. Yeah, the first Doctor really? Strange. Really? I that don't want to rewatch it. I don't want to rewatch it. I have no. I I rewatched Dark World. I have not rewatched Doctor Strange. I have no that desire. Is a fair point. That's a fair point. Yeah, I've rewatched Dark World more than I have the first Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah. and I've enjoyed myself watching Dark World. That's the yeah. thing is, I feel like Dark World really isn't that terrible of a movie. Like as far as 
writing plot yes but like as far as like entertainment value it's a it's a fun trash movie yeah but like multiverse Loki of cares yes loki a hundred percent yeah that's yeah, Loki's Lo- movie. They, they had the right re- loki had finally hit his stride and they used him just enough yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. uh for for me it's kind of tough because like also marvel has a really good habit of making you like a film in retrospect like darcy playing yeah. his shit in dark yeah. world but then in wandavision her growth you go back and you're like no you see character development like i like it now like i'm okay with yeah. it right and it's like it's like all of the inconsistencies with that one makes sense um and and like so it's really tough so for me i have to go with the one that hasn't fixed itself yet which is Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2 Ooh, will always good one. be the stumble. That's a good one. You think one. Armor Wars will fix it? Uh, Yeah, because I think Iron Man 3 uh, overcame the stumble of Iron Man 2. And, and definitely mm. the Iron Man arc as a story has evolved beyond that. But if I'm, I'm talking about f- MCU films that I personally consider worse than Ant-Man 3, uh, Quantumania, it's, it's Iron Man 2. Yeah. That, it's That's... a shit plot. Convoluted yep. as fuck. Um, the background, uh, the production of it was utter fucking chaos. Um, you could tell that no one really wanted to be there. Like, like <laughs> yeah. it's got Elon Musk in that fucking movie. Literally, Fuck that movie. Yeah, Fuck it's that funny. Movie. It's funny because it does actually have one of my favorite, like, my favorite Iron Man suit up scenes, though, which is wild. Again, I agree with you. I think Iron Man Two is trash, but I love that race car scene where they're in the car and then oh, he yeah, suits yeah. up. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. That like saves saved it like it brought it up a point for me, but yeah, ultimately yeah, Iron Man two is there's nothing there's yeah like there's... I I defy I defy you to have people rank all all thirty one films, and I defy you to find one where Iron Man two isn't in the bottom ten. Right. Uh okay mm-hmm. fair I would put Iron Man two in the bottom ten, but I I I did enjoy it. Yeah, no, I'm not saying I don't like I enjoy it too. Like I even like Ivan Rico. Like I think I think like fucking what's that actor's name? His his insane fucking performance. Yeah, and everything. My board. (laughs) The parrot. My board. My board. (laughs) Like I fucking love that shit. And then like how David Harbour made fun of that when he was a fucking Crimson Avenger, whatever the fuck. Like uh yeah, mm. yeah. And Sam Rockwell, like Sam Rockwell. He's like Michael Pena. If he's in a movie, I'm gonna have a good fucking time, and I am right. I'm eagerly anticipating Hammer's return in I um in uh, Armor, Wars. Armor Wars, like because I love that they're bringing back villains, and and that kind of brings me to a, something about Quantumania that I really liked, which was the return of Corey Stoll. Mm, you know, yeah. I don't know if we want to jump ahead, but I was just saying, like in Ant Man One, we're talking about Ant Man One right now. Corey Stoll's performance unhinged. Like right. from scene to scene, you're like, okay, was this guy given different direction? Like, I can't figure out, I can't figure out his motivation. Mm-hmm. Is he trying to earn Hank Pym's approval? Does he hate Hank Pym? Does he want to be with fucking Hope? Like, yeah. what the fuck <laughs> is going? Like, he's fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then in this one, you're like, oh no, no, he's just fucking nuts. Yeah, right, right. I- Where he's like, hi, Hank, and then <laughs> Hank's like, what the fuck happened to you? And then <laughs> he, he does it to everybody, happened. right? Yeah, and he's like he says hi to everybody. Yeah, (laughs) he's like Scott. I always imagined we were brothers. Uh, Okay, (laughs) (laughs) haircut, and she's like, "Uh, we'll 
we'll we'll talk we'll talk Modoc in a split sec. I want yeah. e even with minimal explanation, if not no explanation, if you don't want to. I want to know out of ten, Ant Man, Ant Man and the Wasp, and then Quantumania. And then we're gonna get into it. The entire franchise or each individual? Each individual one. I mean, if you have an overall score for the franchise, I guess, but like individually, those three movies, what would you and I haven't been able to think about it either. So I'm going to go off the top of my head. Okay. Um, you know, um, I would say, I mean, I would say um, Ant-Man 7.5. I would say Ant-Man and Wasp 8 because I mm. liked it a little bit better because the antics Damn. were a little bit better. Agreed. And then Quantumania, I would say, uh, I would say a 7.5 again. It's just in a different way. It's not a 7.5 right. in the same way that the first movie was. But it's a seven point five in its own way. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I'd I'd agree with that. I'd I'd switch the numbers around a little bit, but I'm coming. It's it overall the franchise is a seven point five. I think yeah. I think it gets yeah. you on second base Again. every time. Every time Ant Man's a bat, he's getting you on second base. Yeah. And that's a lot. That's that's two points potentially in a game. Like if we're putting right. if we're using that allegory to its uh limit, I would say Ant Man one is the best of the franchise because it's the tightest. It's the most self-contained. Fair. Um, it gives best us a Spider-Man at the end, but that isn't like cheap. You know, uh, it, it builds this whole idea of there's a whole other aspect of the world. Um, all of the character developments are really well done. Ant-Man 2, the ghost story, even when I saw it, I went, oh, they're going to finish this in some other fucking movie, aren't they? Yeah. It's like, literally, she just disappears. She's just right. like, no. Fuck off, we'll get resolution in another movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> By the way, she disappeared again. She's supposed to be in Thunderbolts, and now I think they wrote her You're out right. of Thunderbolts. Yeah, right. they did. They ghosted her. They ghosted her. Yeah, they ghosted her. She ghosted them. But I, I think Ghost, Ghost will probably appear in something else. I don't think they've yeah. given up on the character. Yeah. But maybe I, they're I like, yeah, we don't her, need her in Thunderbolts. I yeah. can see her in um I can see her in machine or um armor wars. armor wars. I was yeah. just thinking that. Yeah, yeah. Because or or secret invasion, she may pop up there, but like, I see her because, more. Um, armor wars. I watched all three of the Ant Man's, like, like literally leading up to the nine o'clock showing of Ant Man three. The first time I saw it, I watched Ant Man one and Ant Man two. Oh, and okay. I watched them with my family because we saw them together. And my mom was like, uh, the the post credit scene where Scott gets trapped in the quantum realm. Yeah, and she's like, "Oh no, she never got. He, they never got ghost her special healing powers." And I'm like, "Well, now we know what her fucking motive is going to be." And the next time we see her, like, yeah. she's going to be hardcore villain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, by the way, my mom hasn't seen Infinity War or Endgame yet because I'm trying to figure out the the abridged like run list of like what I can show her to get mm -hmm. her up without like alienating her with how many random. MCU thing movies. So we just finished Ant-Man and the Wasp. So she didn't understand the end of the movie. And I'm mm. purposely, I'm because I wanted that to her to be like, they disappeared? What happened? I'm like, well, you gotta you gotta wait and find out. Oh, that's so, a smart, that's a clever way to kind of introduce someone into the MCU, like with that perspective, to where it's like showing like just like the the standalone films without fully knowing who the main villain's gonna be and what's gonna happen and just seeing these people disappear, like what? And then right. have it explained to you. That's interesting. Well, because Ant-Man and the Wasp came out after Infinity War. Right. It was one of two movies that came out between Infinity War and Endgame. So you yep. knew it. But imagine you watch Ant-Man and the Wasp first, then you watch Infinity War. Right. Without knowing what's going on. 
I don't know. It's an interesting. Thing. I'm te- I'm experimenting. I'm experimenting on my mom. Yeah, experimenting for <laughs> MCU nerd. You know? But uh yeah, I I would say I would say Quantumania is another 7.5, but I'll also go one step further, which is it was never trying to be anything more. Yep. You know like when you take a test and you're like I don't need to get 100. I'm just trying There's to no get reason. I'm just trying to pass. You know, this is finals. I just need to get my grade. I already earned my A. I just mm-hmm. need to get a certain number of points to to pass this test. And I think that's what it did in flying fucking colors. Right. Agreed. Uh, it didn't swing for the fences. You're right. I, I think what it did well, it meant to do well, and that's what it is. And then the rest was like, let's have fun with it and show something new. Those are two different thoughts. Yeah. Let's have fun with it. Let's show something new. And like, let's move a couple plot points forward, which yeah. I think this movie did. Agreed. You, you're right. Agreed. Uh, Justice, I don't know if you have a... Do you have a rankings for the one, yeah. two, three? Uh, yeah, I would say, and this is based off the top of my head as well, because I, yeah. I haven't really thought about it as far as like, n- not Quantumania, I've thought about that one. Especially since I've finished my second watch, I officially have a rating. So I'll go, I'll start with Ant-Man. And so I would give Ant-Man, agreed, I agree with you, probably about a 7.5. Yeah. I feel like it's a very solid film, a very solid intro, introductory film for a character. I think it's nicely paced. Humor's on point. I'm also a sucker for heist movies. So all in all, enjoyed it. Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp, I would give it probably an eight because, again, I found the humor in that one just a little bit better. And I'm a, I'm a sucker for humor. Like, if you have good jokes I and that make me laugh out loud, you have me. Um, yeah. And so that one has me at, a, at an eight. And then Quantum Mania... It was 7.5, but after my second watch, I'm actually putting it down um, a point. So oh. I would do um, 7. I give it a 7 out of 10. Okay. Yeah, so it was 7.5. I put it down to 7.10. Still solid movie. Um, yeah. The only thing, the only issue is just the fact that we'll we'll get into it. But yeah, there's a couple different issues that I noticed the second time that I missed the first time. So I was like, mm, okay. Yeah. kind of bothered me a little bit but yeah yeah um let's talk about our our favorite kind of pieces of this movie right Let, let's start, start more positive and then we, we can we can delve into was there what like what do you think nailed like what was nailed in this movie balance of humor and heart and okay. uh uh action I feel like there was a, a very solid balance, which is something that is that um, Peyton Reed in the Ant-Man trilogy does very well, is they've always had a good pace with humor, heart, and action. They balance it out really well, similarly um, as like the Guardians. There's just a good... And, and things don't feel too jokey. Things feel serious when they need to feel serious. Um, and so, yeah, it doesn't feel over cheese. So, yeah, I, that was something that was a big standout for me. Unlike Thor Love and Thunder, that might have gone a little bit too much in the goofy comedy. Agreed. And I kind of, I don't I, I don't think it is as terrible no. as like, some people think it is. But it is a way, like, Jane has cancer and then you're like, laugh, laugh, haha, just kidding. It's like, wait hold on like, do yeah. i cry is this funny um yeah. but yeah have, have with... you heard the the korg theory the the court the korg theory yeah uh-uh that it's okay. he's the narrator so just, and that's it, why it's it, goofy um so if you remember 
Thor Ragnarok is somewhat of a framed story. Thor right. is telling the story of Thor Ragnarok, which yeah. is why it's the most bombastic and epic of all of his adventures. Because he inherently, as a character, is bombastic and epic. Korg is literally telling the story of Love and Thunder as a framed story. And what do we know about Korg? Uh, He's dumber than a bag of hammers. Right. Uh, Like, he doesn't really understand uh, emotion um, or pace or anything. If that's uh, true, if if Tycho, I can guarantee it's not true. It's just like yeah. it's how I it's how I justify it in my head. Like, yeah, what is more but true? But that's genius. If it is, that's genius. Yeah. What what is more true is Taika Watiti was put in an unenviable position of having lightning strike a bottle twice, mm. and he he went fuck that. I'm gonna make a joke out of it because mm-hmm. if you watch Love and Thunder as a parody of Ragnarok. It's hilarious. Written by the guy who wrote Ragnarok, it's pitch fucking perfect. Yeah. But how exactly yeah. do you market that to very sensitive fans of being like, hey, did you like Thor Ragnarok? Do you want more Thor Ragnarok? Well, that's a really fucking stupid idea. So we had the director of the last one uh, write a script that's exactly the same as Thor Ragnarok, but you're going to fucking hate it because he's just going to turn everything up a little too loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's very took, fucking meta. I took yeah. Love and Thunder as a fairy tale. Yeah. Yeah. That's essentially it, what it was. So, like you know, fairy of, tales are going to kind of have that, like, no true stakes in a way. Like, or there, there are stakes, but it's not like Gore isn't butchering people like he does. No. Yeah. Right. Right. Which was a con it's a kid's, of it's a kid's story. Yeah. 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 He, he was kind of muted. Uh, that's That's been a general complaint that yeah. I've had with a lot of the phase four villains. It, until Kang showed up and was like, oh, I agree. Fuck. But yes. I think there's a reason for that. And it goes into your question, your prompt, uh, Dimitri, of like, what did Ant-Man nail? Like, I have this theory that phase four um, is, is dealing with, like, collectively how people process trauma. Mm. And because in the context of the MCU, you have the snap. And that was a, a, a profoundly traumatic experience. And then in the context of the real world, we had the, the shutdown. Right. And, Which and is so weird. And, and the apocalypse. And the timing so, was very weird. Yeah. The timing yeah. was very weird. Like, yeah. eerie. Um, and so, like, what, hap- what happens afterwards? If you look like, if you look historically, what happens after great periods of tragedy? It's typically followed by great periods of absurdity brief but intense absurdity because people have lost their fucking mind they just went something went through something so utterly traumatic that the only thing they can do is kind of be like shell-shocked and if you look at all of the phase four films um as series tv shows included they're all people dealing with the grief of uh of infinity war by either trying to forget about it um, move past it or or pretend like it never really impacted them to begin with. Mm. Um, and Ant-Man, I think, really does a good job of that because you have Scott, who in every other film has started as the underdog, the low point. He was a convict in the first one. He was he was a terrorist in the second one. In this one, he's the guy that saved the fucking universe. Without yeah. him, they never would have figured out time travel. Without him, they never would have stopped Thanos. Without him, they would have never got anyone back. He is the, the Avengers Avenger that ever Avengered. Yep. And, you can, and you can tell he's drowning. He doesn't know what to do. He literally says to you, the audience, I don't know what to do. This is 
fucking weird. Like sophomore mm. slump, right? Yeah, like sophomore. Well, more than sophomore slump, it's like, it's like what, what, what do you do? Like, there's a um in uh Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. There's this great like mini scene where the alien ship flies down their uh, the Bowie, and a woman is looking up at it and crying. And in that moment, I empathize with her because I was like, yeah, the last time you saw an alien come down from the sky the world ended <laughs> that's true. that would be traumatizing as fuck so yeah. everybody on the planet is traumatized to the absolute nth degree and that's mm-hmm. why everything seems so hyper and somehow no stakes and extremely high stakes at the same time because it's all of these people dealing with insane fucking trauma right um, which is really interesting and i think i think ant-man nailed that in the introduction very very well by the way um Hero, have you ever tried like going into like public relations and whatnot? I think you could you could turn like a a company like their image around. You know what I mean? Right. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like now I have a completely different perspective when I watch like these Marvel like movies and shows. Now I'm like, oh, okay. Like you, like yeah, like I knew that there were they were experiencing trauma, but like you literally hearing you describe that, the like most minute action with the whole alien in the ship coming down what i would have like when i watched this special i just was like why is she crying like why is it that i didn't even notice the crying yeah i noticed it and i literally my thought was like okay she's dramatic but it makes sense it makes sense uh the chitari okay so so uh, real quick what are the alien attacks on earth there's the chitari in avengers there's the guardians of the galaxy what's up which gave tony ptsd Right. There's the, there's the, but I'm just saying like the general MCU public, they dealt with many different okay, alien so the problems. The general MCU public alien invasions would have been Avengers with the Chitauri, mm-hmm. yeah. Dark World with the Dark Elves. Yeah. Um, uh, just in Galaxy London, right? In London? Yeah, but I'm. Uh, are we talking about just America? You're right. Or all of no, America? you're right. You're right. Yeah. If it's um, not New York. Guardians it's of the Galaxy two, the, the blue ooze that just uh, showed up in. Oh, Texas. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that, uh, and then it was pretty quiet for a while, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah. And then you you jump into fucking uh, Infinity War, which is just horror. Well, you also have fucking to, horror for Sokovia. twelve hours. Yeah, if you consider Ultron, I mean, he's not an alien, but you're right. It is the same, like a national, international. Oh, oh. Like yeah. event of like yeah an invasion an outside force right Ultron and there is are an alien. The, Aven- the Avengers too and some of the Avengers are aliens and so it's like yeah. if you have them scared of like multiple things now and well, like I these people that are supposed to so protect. much the alien because again think about it in this context uh, you we all can relate to this um, bird flu swine flu uh, how many epidemics did we live through through our childhood to adulthood yeah. that weren't nothing that we just wasn't an issue right yeah, yeah. the chitari ultron fucking goo coming out of space <laughs> fucking loki and right. then fucking i don't know loki. where comes thanos corona just walks out and goes nah bitch snaps away fucking us. three million that's people saying, in a day it's trauma it's the trauma of failure because that's what that's what phase four has been dealing with of like what do you do after you failed because right. yes, the Avengers avenged the situation. They made it right. But it doesn't change the fact that they they're don't. not always going to win. Right. There is some it, force looming out there that is going to beat them. 
and they Scott, were lucky enough to to have had that second chance. But again, they lost. They lost still lost hard. five years. They right. still lost five. No years. matter what. No matter and they what. lost. And they lost the trust of the people. They lost their mm-hmm. own their friends. They yeah. lost their friends, and like that's what makes the end of of Ant Man Quantumanium like also so sad and funny at right. the same time because he's the only person who knows. Like he is now totally. He was Stark, around, and he's like, "Fuck! There's a Thanos. There's a Thanos. No, there can't be a Thanos." Yeah, he's like, "I think we beat him." I. Th- think i wait did i just endanger the world by being uh, this villain? Yeah. wait uh by wait. the way miss shout out to miss marauder out there on on live stream uh miss marauder has been my co-host on some of the after shows uh and know. frequent guest uh miss marauder says i think this explanation just made me made me like phase four. Oh, same I, do, I was i do agree like it's it's the it's the you know after a big event Mm-hmm. There's just kind of a a reshuffling, reorganizing your thoughts, mm-hmm. showing how everybody's doing. They've expanded the toy box. That's that's what I feel. I feel like MCU Phase Four is expanding the toy box. Agreed. How many new characters? They've at least doubled, if not two point five, three times the amount of main characters in the MCU oh, off yeah. of Phase Four alone. They definitely oh, yeah. doubled. Oh yeah, it's 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 impressive, especially when you consider. They haven't even touched the franchise that has the most characters. X Men. Yes. Like they don't need it. They don't need the X Men. I love like, the X Men. They don't the need X-Men the X Men. There's nowhere to put them. Please do not. Do not touch the X Men until we get done with the multiverse saga. That's oh, my no, opinion. I think I think that's what they're gonna do because, Agreed. like, again, what what we're having right now, if we think it, uh, in the same way, like. Ragnarok made Dark World better in the same mm. way that uh, Modok's appearance in this film made uh, Yellow Jacket's performance better. Mm. Uh, fucking um, the Mandarin, uh, Wen Wu made Iron Man 3, Three. a bit more palatable. Um, Marvel is really good at at picking up pieces and and building something long term so i imagine by the time we get to phase six we're gonna see and go like oh this was a story about like how you can't solve trauma just by yourself you need to work together as a team and the multiverse is an allegory for outreach to other people and that's the only way that you can really heal as a community oh this is an allegory for fucking trump ah fuck, son of a bitch i think the multiverse I think the multiverse is an allegory for the the paths not traveled, and yeah. the, I, and the acceptance that you, for better or for worse, your path is the only path, right? Yeah, you right. only have like, I I would be willing to bet by the end of the multiverse saga, somebody is going to die, and another character will say, "Can't I take that person from the multiverse?" Then yeah. again, did was that kind of multiverse of madness? I don't remember, but the point being is that like, it, it it's only a matter of time till they go. Why can't we get Tony Stark from another universe? Yeah. Right. Why can't we? You know? Why can't we? It's not the same. You know, it won't be the same Tony. He has his own life over there. Well, it depends on it depends on what they how they resolve the multiverse. Mm -hmm. Depends on how they resolve the multiverse. Um, and that's a much bigger conversation. I uh I mean, like me personally, I think they're going to consolidate again. Bring it back to one singular timeline bring it back to one singular they time. would have to especially would, if you're bringing in the mutants you can't fucking juggle the mutants and then all these i don't like, want x-men in my multiverse i don't want it i don't want it 
the X-Men are so grounded in reality that right. having the multiversal having multiversal X-Men ruins the whole idea of like what well, that's the point of the mutants are. is for them to be some of the most grounded characters in Marvel. So it, like why right. I don't even like the time travel shit that they constantly do. I'm like keep the X-Men where they belong. <laughs> I, I like the time travel in X-Men only if it's a sense of like future atrocities, like future almost past. Like, like yeah so like terminator style by the way there's a theory that james cameron took terminator from days of future past i'm throwing it out there i'm throwing it out there if you look at the timeline he he did pull he yeah because he did pull um some plots from other things and a writer actually sued him richard enos sued him for stealing some of his story ideas for terminator yeah. Um, so but yeah i mean like yeah. he definitely could have pulled stuff from x-men 2 it was very popular at the time yeah um, so I'm just saying that um 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 I okay whatever that <laughs> was neither here. Well, nor I mean, like, I think I think it's pretty clear that the X Men is such a large, such a large concept that it doesn't make sense to include it in the multiversal stuff. It, it's what no. follows the multiverse, right? Because also, like, think about it just logically. You have everybody going like, okay, I accept that there were like multiversal shit and like reality is what it is, but everything's settled, everything's good, everything's fine. Oh, by the way, your kid. Uh, now they're a mutant. What? <laughs> and then they just manifested an explosion power. Art. Yeah, <laughs> they manifested an explosion power at a at a Starbucks, right? Yep. At a Starbucks, they had drinking no, their I, latte. And all. Well, but that's the that's the thing. Like, if your mutant power manifests in a school, right. in a Starbucks, at the DMV, whatever. Like, this yeah. is like now we're taking the Marvel universe back to like, like you know the the ground floor, which I think would be amazing. Uh, I want to shout out Aggressively Relaxing on YouTube. Also shout out Derpy Entertainment. Uh, though I don't understand what Derpy Entertainment was saying. Loved Ugly Me Electric. I don't know what that means. But Aggressively <laughs> Relaxing says, I like Phase 4 because it's all this interesting art about grief and growth. So what what hero was yeah. saying? Yeah. You yeah. know? Um, let's and let's I bring think, it back to Kang. I think oh. the reason our pop culture society is bristling at that is because we do not exist in a world that has gone through its own catharsis. Mm. Like, no, yeah. the MCU is outpacing us. Get back right? to work. Literally get back to work, even though we're still in a pandemic. Get back yeah. to work. I don't care. Like, get back get to work. Back to work. Um, People died, yeah, so what? That, that yeah, one guy, so what? Uh, he's running again. Guess what? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, uh, there's, there's Our trauma hasn't been resolved, and so I think that's why we're bristling at it, because we're like, hey, hang on. Like... But you know, I I have faith uh, in the writing team. You know, yeah. they're, they're I think I think the writers that they have working um, right now are some of the best they've had. Um, the Phase Four people, uh, the people involved with Miss Marvel, the people involved mm -hmm. with uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, yeah, even um, Jeff Loveness uh, it, with this script, um, he's going to be helming uh, Kang Dynasty as well. He's going to be writing. Oh that. wow, yeah. Um, I, have so, I have faith. I have faith too. I have faith. Um, I wanna I wanna bring up um because because uh answering a question I had asked earlier about which like what did they nail? I don't have any problems or negative criticism about Jonathan Majors as Kang. Me know? neither. And which is funny because that seems to be the most popular one that people have. And really I actually have yeah, a lot of people keep saying that they felt that Kang was they felt like Kang was basically watered down, but it's funny because I'm assuming we all like we read comics. And so like we have a little bit of like background history with like Kang and we know that like 
he's just a man. Like he's just super fucking smart, but underneath it all, he's just a dude. And so you take the armor away, you take the tech away. Right. You, what do you have? And that's what a guy who will movie. curb stomp you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> holy, holy shit. shit. Ant-Man got the, the sh- his fucking shit wrong. Yeah, he got yeah. fucked up. Right. I, I, I love that. He was like, I'm going to squash you like a bug. Like, I fucking right. love that. Yeah, he just kept stepping on him. But, like, still, though, I, I, and I think it's, like, with that knowledge, at least for me, because I also made sure to, like, whenever big movies come out and like specifically big villains, I like to kind of go deep, like delve in the comics and kind of get background knowledge. So having that going in, I understood it. So it wasn't that like, I didn't feel like there was any type of watered down. I felt like it was a good introduction to who Kang is. Um, But like a lot of people that I've been chatting to, they're like, I just feel like they built Kang up to be like this big, like baddie bigger than like Thanos and all these different things. And like, I expected to see that. And it's like, it's an Ant-Man movie. I, it's Ant-Man. Yeah. It's, it's not Kang's Don't movie. Worry, we'll get more it also, yeah. it also sucks that they keep comparing villains to Thanos. Thanos right. is his own thing. And right. all these villains can be great in their own way without having to be Thanos. Even Galactus is not a Thanos-level villain. He isn't. All no. these villains can be cosmic threats, but not... They don't have to be fan. Well, yeah, right. It was I was I was talking with um, someone I saw the movie with, and we were talking about Thanos versus Kang, and the the characterizations. And obviously, when we talk about Thanos, we're only talking about MCU Thanos because, like, he is already such a departure from comic Thanos. Yeah. And and I was like MCU Thanos. Like we were talking about who was eviler? Is Kang eviler or was Thanos eviler? And I was like, in some ways. Thanos believed genuinely to his core, believed what he was doing was right. right. He was insane. He was evil. There was no limit. He wouldn't go to accomplish it, but he genuinely believed that what he was doing was for the betterment of other people. That's a type of evil, but Kang, Kang just wants to rule. Kang yeah. just wants to conquer. He's a fascist. Like yeah. Thanos is a terrorist and terrorists are frightening. But but Kang, Kang is like literally sometimes in the comics, they're like, no, Kang was Hitler. Kang was <laughs> yeah. Stalin. Kang was Attila the Hun. Kang mm. was Rama Tut. Kang uh, yeah. was Black Pharaoh. They, they do that with Vandal Savage in DC. Yes, they, they do it more with Vandal Savage. Kang yeah. usually exists. But what I'm saying is I'm, I think what they're going to do with the MCU's version of Kang and we already saw kind of the groundwork with the two Kangs that we've met um the mm. he who remains who who I'm like that's the that's the best Kang who's yeah. still like what did he do he established a fascist bureaucracy that destroyed thousands of people's lives yeah um, and then we have conqueror or exile Kang who right now as far as we know is the worst Kang and what does he have he has he has literally like stormtroopers faceless stormtroopers we never found out who they are underneath huh yeah mm-hmm. no because it doesn't no. matter who they are they are an extension of kang what if mm. they are kang yeah that could be i was wondering that when i was watching the second time i that thought crossed my mind i was like what if these are control like what are what if these are con- being controlled by kang like you know what i mean like his mind oh, like his just like, like a hive mind kind of situation right yeah I'm saying, what if they're just loser Kangs from the universes that you put to work? You know what I mean? You're like, yeah, okay, like, you're not a like, conqueror. Uh, like the other Ricks. Kind of, yeah. 
the loser ones, the ones that work oh. the factory on Ricopolis or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? I I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think I that definitely think that's the dynamic of the Coliseum. You know, the post credit scene when we got the oh yeah the three Kangs when we when we got the um the Centurion, Ramatut and Amortis. Yeah, I think that's their dynamic. I think that's one hundred percent the Citadel of Ricks. Right. Um, and I think the reason uh, Kang the Conqueror from this film is the exile is because he's the rickest Rick that ever ricked. Right. You know? He's the one who's like, fuck the system. Right. <laughs> the... He's the Kangest Kang that ever Kanged. Right. Um, well, by the way, may we note that Rick and Morty took it from a lot of these comic book tropes. Well, well also, also you have Michael Waldron as well, who's like literally wrote for Rick and Morty. I mean, and he also really? write, Jeff, like Jeff Loveness, yeah. who wrote this, wrote some of the best episodes of season four and five of Rick and Morty. Right, oh. like they're getting a lot of Rick and Morty writers, like in this in this phase. Which well, is, that's a full uh, circle funny. then, because again, yeah, right. Council of Ricks, Council of Kings have already been like there are a lot of councils in comics of yeah. multiversal mm-hmm. versions. There's you a know? lot. Yeah, but like I think what they're doing with Kang. Like is brilliant. He's so abjectly different than Thanos right from the get-go because mm-hmm. he's he's simultaneously emotionless. He would he was going to kill Cassie, like with without any sense of shame. No. Um, but then he no also had a weird attachment to uh to Janet. Like they boned. Um but, uh, but, I mean I would like to Okay, can we can we can we talk? I mean, let's just. I was like, there's no way they didn't bang. There they is bang. sexual. There is sexual tension with them working together in the lab. Yeah. Like oh in that beginning God, part, yeah. they're the only human beings. And look, let's be honest. It'd be one thing if Kang or Janet were ugly. Maybe, right, maybe it would they're... work. Maybe it would work. I don't know. But the point being but is, Jonathan both... Majors is a handsome fucking man. Who's and turning him down? For... Who's turning her down? They're both yeah, look, right. they both look great. They both yeah. look great. Why would why? Why not? Why right. not? Yeah. She had needs, Hank. She had needs. She had needs. Oh, also, also, <laughs> it'd be thing. it'd be different. It'd be different if they just chose not to bring up sex at all throughout the whole movie, but they explicitly brought up that she had sex with Bill Murray. Yeah. So right. right. So in what universe, what multiverse, what quantum realm is someone? I'm sorry, Bill Murray. I'm just saying, I'm not I'm not saying that nobody should have sex with Bill Murray. I'm just saying <laughs> that person would also have sex with Jonathan Majors. Yeah, 100%. Right. 100%. Like, uh, I don't know if Miss Marauder is out there, because Miss Marauder, Miss Marauder's always thirsting on the shows. Miss um, Marauder, if you're out there, let us know uh, how you feel about Jonathan Majors. Um, but, uh, but, so like, what I think the needle they have to thread is there's one supervillain coming. We know he's coming. Who? Doctor Doom. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And where oh, where yeah. Thanos and Kang comics films whatever not a lot of crossover. There's a fuck ton of crossover between Doctor Doom and Kang. Oh, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Smart yeah. dude in armor can basically do magic. Where there's Kang, there's Doom. Like, and yeah. then you and have so it... so what. What what what's going to be interesting is as we see the development of Kang, that's going to kind of tell us what Doom is going to look like when he eventually arrives. Right. Yeah, I yeah, uh, I want to. Miss Marauder says I would have sex with Bill Murray if it meant I also got Jonathan Majors. 
<laughs> answer right there. There's the answer. She, yes. she uh, Janet banged Kang. Yes. Yeah. I. I yeah. They banged. They yeah. banged. Probably multiple I mean, times. I mean, Miss Marauder, adds... Marauder says he is a sculpture of a man. Chisel him out of stone. Oh my he god. Is. Have Have you seen Have you seen the trailers for fucking Creed Three? Yeah. Insane. He's like, God damn, dude. It's literally muscle, but like it's not even a crazy like the like the rock amount of muscle. It's like like literally like someone drew him, like someone yeah, painted. It's still like, artful. It's yeah. it's still it's still uh, uh yeah. I think I think that's the thing about Creed. Sorry, side note, Creed three, and I can't speak <laughs> for all groups out there, but I feel like no matter your sexuality, there's something for you in Creed three. You know, I'm, I've heard that it's really good. I want to see it. Oh, Amanda just vibing saw it at a special screening. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I don't yeah, I, I don't think she said she's I think she said it was good, but I don't think she she didn't go into specifics. I've but. liked all of the creeds thus far. Yeah. I, I like Same. I like the Creed franchise. Um yeah. and yes, I, I think this one, you know, this one as a parallel to Rocky Three with the Clever Lang, but also uh going to its own story for once. Um, I think is gonna be I think it's I think it's a good fucking film. And yes, there's definitely um, whatever box you check, uh, there's there's something for you to oogle in that film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when it comes uh, to when it comes to Quantum Mania, something that I thought of uh, when I watched it the second time, I watched it the second time, but I only watched it at one and a half times because I did fall asleep the second time. It wasn't the fault of me. Oh no, I was tired. <laughs> I was tired and I had already seen it, so Fair, I went in yeah. and out. You know, mm. um, uh, it's not like Uncharted. Uncharted, the first time I saw it, I did fall asleep and I had to go again to see it in the morning. <laughs> Before a podcast, uh, before we did the podcast episode in the afternoon, I had to go for a 10 a.m. show to see it the second time. Oh, my mm. God. You suffer yeah. for your art. Uh, that's, you I mean, that's, suffer that's for the art. Um, something that I thought of the same time I was watching is that Hope barely does anything. Yeah. And that Janet is the wasp in the title. Right. Yeah. Yeah, right. I, I felt that as well. I genuinely felt that it was mainly, and you have to think about it too. Like, granted, um, Scott did do a lot, but like Hank, Hank was the Hank was, the was one more the of an Ant Man. He was more of the oh. Ant Man, and even in the movie, Janet calls him okay. Like she goes, okay, Ant Man. Like she refers to him as Ant Man. Yeah, and so I definitely feel like they kind of, in a way, but especially Janet led the movie yeah like i felt like it was more of janet being the main female lead than it was um hope and uh, like Wait, cassie though you think janet was a bigger lead or cassie janet janet cassie is close second by the way also the amount of times cassie said dad i i like started like mentally keeping notes of like how many times she'd be like dad dad yeah. she says it a lot I did well, not yeah. realize that. <laughs> one Even of, though he is her dad, but like one of the uh one of the reviews, because I read I read all of the bad reviews after I saw the movie, and I was just like, what? Um, one of the reviews said, uh, so apparently Ant-Man's motivations have been reduced to Cassie, Cassie, where's Cassie? I want Cassie. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, having just watched the first one or the second one, I'm like, that's been his motivation the entire fucking time. Right. That's all he gives a shit about. Why that's does he steal the suit? Cassie. Why does he get involved with all that's the all, Cassie? That's all he wants is to be a fucking dad. He, he just wants to be, be a dad, dad and be there with his daughter. 
He yeah, set it up well, though. Is always Cassie, Daddy, Cassie, Daddy. So like that wasn't right. that wasn't anything weird for me because I'm like that's just. I mean, they set it up well in this. I thought in the beginning when they when they like first thing. By the way, it's been a couple movies since they brought up the blip. They brought up right. the blip in this, right? They they're not forgetting about it, but they it is a real reality. And they mentioned that a lot of the people who are homeless are homeless because of the blip. Yeah, the okay. uh, the world. Uh... Consolidation Council, the the new shadow bad guys in Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah, but I think this is after them. It's just the fact that like people don't have homes because well, I mean, they like, were gone for five years. No one, no one believes that Captain America's one speech to the senator about do better solved all of the problems. Right, <laughs> you know, right. Imagine if it did. But like, uh, God, imagine I, if we lived in that world, right? <laughs> I I think that Quantum Mania sets it up in a way that like. Of course, Scott, this whole movie is Scott being like, Cassie, where's Cassie? Because the beginning part is just the fact that she's all grown up. He missed another five years of, of her life. Like, she she's doing things that he doesn't know about, like keeping secrets and, and working with the rest of the the, the bug gang. And like, and she, like, when they were at that dinner table with the big pizza, she was talking like some flag smasher shit. Right. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was like whoa, girl. Cassie. It's because yeah. she's Gen Z. She's yeah. Gen Z. Yeah, Gen I was about to say, she's, she's very Gen Z. So it's like it's on par. Like it makes sense. Yeah. Parade. Which is funny because in the comics, uh, the young Avengers are clearly millennials. And the and yeah. the champions, which is Miles Morales, Kamala Khan, uh, that age, the age that's still in high school, if not like right graduated high school, they're Gen Z. Like, right. You know? But it's very uh, clear it, in like the the films and shows that like basically like it, America Chavez as well like they're all going to be Gen Z yeah yeah which is which, which is, is going to play off really nicely against the X Men in Phase Five <laughs> yeah or not Phase Five Phase Seven Phase Whatever Seven get around to it yeah after Ken yeah uh, Miss um, Marauder Miss Marauder asks has Ben Shapiro whined about social justice warrior Cassie yet. You know, I, I don't think he's I'm made an episode awaiting. about Ant-Man yet, but I know he's gonna. I don't I think he's gonna, gonna see it. So I think he's just gonna write it off being like, it was a bad movie, and the SJW stuff made me not want to see it. No, the reason he's going, because he he is as subject to algorithmic um, marketing as everyone else. He's going to see it and review it because the biggest the biggest talking point about Ant-Man is something we haven't talked about yet, which is the utter insanity of its critical reviews versus its audience reviews. Mm-hmm. Right. And Ben Shapiro is going to pick a side and he is going to say like, this is why this is right. Um, and it's going to be a bunch of bullshit, but like, that's, that's, that's why he's going to dip his toes into this. He has to throw it, but he is going to. I'm going to throw out a couple of scores. According to just the Google, I just looked it up on Google. It might be different by the time people listen to this or whatever. Uh, a 6.6 out of 10 on IMDb, whatever you want to take that. 47 on Rotten Tomatoes, 84 on Fandango, and 85 from Google users. Mm. So there's a clear, there is a Audience. clear disconnect. Yeah. Right, right. And it's the same thing that I saw, um, not to compare it to Eternals again, but like with Eternals to where like, I think the audience score was like 77-ish and like mm-hmm. the critic score was, I think around like 40s as well. Yeah, and I remember so, when um, it first came out, it was at 36 critical review. I remember that. And yeah, I, I was I, like, I like you, you're out of your fucking mind. 
Like, <laughs> who's like, so this is gonna Wonder be Woman 84 is better than this movie. Are you out of your I, mind? Oh my god, Wonder Woman 84. Um, Google, <laughs> Google users also, even though Google uses 85% uh, like the movie, according to the reviews, it's 3.8 stars out of five, which really is uh, uh, 7.6. 7. 7. Yeah, 7.5. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so so like that's not bad. Like, 7.6, it is what it is. I, I think. I think for people like us who are very connected to the entertainment industry, you know, whether we are pursuing the entertainment industry as a career for ourselves or it's just our passion, our hobby, um, we look at things, we have critics we trust, um, and we also look at the the audience scores and go like, okay, that's a temperature of the water. That's not the exact number. But that's yeah. just the temperature of the water of how much I might enjoy this movie. Like uh, the the reviewer that I I trust, he rated the film as I think six point five out of ten, and I was like, that's a little harsh compared to what I would do. But I also really like Marvel films, and he openly admits when he critiques stuff, he he pads the scores if he likes it too. Um, uh, keep in mind, uh, just to, just to add on that that when people look at critic scores. If a critic is, or if anyone is unbiased, they will take their enjoyment out of the equation, but people don't watch movies with the enjoyment out of the equation. Yeah. So if the question is whether you'll enjoy a movie, I guess a critic would might be like, it doesn't matter whether you're going to enjoy the movie or not. Here's whether it's a good movie or not based off of the non-enjoyment factors. But like, that's why we disagree on what Marvel movies yeah. are good and bad, because mm -hmm. we all enjoy things for different reasons. Right. Yeah. Right. But to my point, and I got in an argument with a friend of mine who is a uh, uh, professional film critic. Um, I'm not going to name names or anything like that, but we got <laughs> into kind of an argument because the criteria by which he was measuring the film, and we both agree, you know, when we are talking about film analysis, that is a subjective or that is an objective, not a subjective. Uh, we both yeah, like okay. the film. Let's objectively talk about what worked and what didn't work. And the metric that he was measuring the film on didn't make sense when when pushed against scrutiny. I was like, okay, that doesn't that doesn't make sense. Like you you didn't review this film, which has more CGI and worse CGI, mm. as as harshly. Like why? What what are what factors are judging you in that category? And I think right now, you know, one of the things we as as fandom uh promoters as as amateur critics ourselves need to be very reticent of is like our power and the way we influence the industry itself you know like how much of uh oh this movie had too much cgi is just a little brain worm from a couple months back when the, when they were like oh disney's overworking their cgi artists and so you got that little brain worm in your head and you're like Oh man, there's too much CGI in this fucking movie. Like, there's too much CGI in every movie. You know why? Because CGI is fucking cheap compared right. to, like, do you want a bunch of cool CGI sets or one really fucking cool, like, physical set? Right. And this, this one even incorporated a lot of cool physical sets, like, used practical effects and things like that. But, you know, and then it's like, um, how much how much of this is that whole, you know, are people finally over Marvel films? Have Marvel films mm -hmm. been able to overcome the shadow of Endgame? It's like, these are not real yeah. questions. These are not real questions that real people are asking. The, but the that's, that's... Are... oh, sorry. 
Oh, no, no, here, you continue and then I'll say. Like, those are the questions that only the most hardcore, hardcore fans and people mm -hmm. that have to do this for a living are asking. Being right. like, I agree. I think that some people are asking, Mar like a lot of people who are like, phase four isn't good, blah, 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 blah. You have to ask why. For mm -hmm. example, if people said Captain, when people said Captain Marvel wasn't good, it, it's fair to have that opinion. I, that does not make anyone sexist yeah. or whatnot. When mm. people say Black Panther is not good, okay, what is what is your reasoning? Let me right. like let me hear your reasoning. I'm not going to outright call you a racist, but then if your reasoning is racist, then it's like okay, then you're racist, which right. is fair. There's you too can many black people. Movie. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, like Wakanda. I couldn't connect with. Like, yeah, I couldn't connect I'm with the characters. Like, all right, yeah, that, that like line Africa. real fucking close, buddy. <laughs> like the, the 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 times when people are like, "Oh, I didn't like Wakanda Forever because I can't relate to the characters," and it's like, "What does that mean? What does that mean? What, what does that mean? Yeah. Uh, can't relate to someone going through the trauma of losing a loved one? That right? Good for you, right? <laughs> you know? right. Black you widow know? can't relate. Mm, so okay, like for example, like like shows the especially in phase four the shows that resonate with people they resonate people connect with it because it's something specific to them so miss marvel mm -hmm. is one of the best phase four properties yep. in my opinion right uh, a lot of people resonated with miss marvel and are there flaws or criticisms about that yeah i can i can i can pick apart anything right but at the same time like if you're disliking Miss Marvel because it's too Disney Channel, that's bullshit. Because it yeah, it's not Disney. Channel. Like, like people yeah, used to say that. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me of something I've been itching to tell you, and I haven't gotten a chance to tell you in person. Miss Marvel does a better job at being Spider Man than Spider Man does. Ooh. Yep. Like the the concept of Spider Man of I am a high school student and I'm a juggling responsibilities. Yeah. Like. Miss Marvel handled that better than Spider than any iteration. That is fair. That's fair. Well, it's like it's like in the current comics, Miles Morales's comic book, the one that's on right now. Um, I believe it's called Miles Morales Spider Man. Uh, it's two or three issues in. It is doing a way better job as Spider Man than Amazing Spider Man comic or the Spider Man comic. There's two Peter Parker ones. Miles is being a better Spider-Man and having better Spider-Man stories than Peter. Yeah. And I would agree even in like like other facets of the uh, multimedia. Like I've, I've always felt like Miles Morales not being biased. Like truly Miles Morales is my favorite variation of Spider-Man because he feels like the most Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. You know what I mean? But yeah. like Peter Parker, of course you love like Peter Parker. He's a classic. But like I feel like Miles does a better version He's he's a better version of what the character is supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. I can't recommend that series, by the way. Miles Morales Spider-Man, that's out right now. Cody Ziegler is the writer. He is in She-Hulk. He's in the writer's room in She-Hulk in that final episode. Oh my uh, god. <laughs> uh, he is because he's what? one of the writers on the show. He writes the Miles Morales Spider-Man comic, and it is real. It is real. And he's like Miles is struggling with like a depression. And it's real. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, I can't. I can't uh, uh, recommend it enough. Which Definitely makes sense because out. Dan Slott like uh, wrote She Hulk, so it makes sense, didn't he? Yeah, in the day, not recently. You mean the comic, oh, right? 
Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yes, okay. So, so sorry. What were we saying about uh, uh, quantum we were, mania? We were talking about the the nature of um how how fandom, but specifically fandom spokespersons, whether that be critics, professional critics, um, or, or influencers, or critics uh, like where where we exist in that kind of spectrum, where we bring too much of our own industry bullshit into film reviews and we're, we're kind of doing a disservice like if the objective of a of a film review like when i write uh heroes uh spoiler free film reviews i'm just cinematography screenwriting directing um uh special effects acting that's it like that's the me- that's the metric by which i measure is that four or five that's five what is it so it's uh screenwriting um cinematography mm-hmm. uh directing um special effects acting yeah the, the components that make a motion picture i was literally about to say that's everything that i judge like yeah. if and, and if a movie has like more like most of them in like the good side i'm like okay it's a solid movie yeah i went on a deep dive after after this after um reading all of the reviews for ant-man because i would read a review and go okay this is going to be like a 6.5 or 7.5 and then it'd be like two and i'm like what the fuck and then i was looking at others like look for yourself maybe you'll find more than i do because granted i didn't dedicate tons of hours to it there aren't a lot of movies sitting at 70 percent anymore it's either movies are exceptional or they're awful yeah like i came out of wonder woman one and I couldn't believe it had a high the as high of a score as it did. Because, like, yeah, Act Two is fucking brilliant. Act Two of Wonder Woman. Yeah. Fucking brilliant. Incredible cinema. I want to show it to every young woman until the end of time so that they feel better about who they are and their place in the world. Act three is absolute dog shit. <laughs> Literally. It was absolute so fucking dog shit. I was so conflicting when I watched it. I was like, I was even getting fucking emotional. Like during Act Two, I was like, damn, this is powerful. And then Act Three happened, and I was like, uh oh oh like could act two just be the fucking movie and that's it but yeah like and then fucking 84 came out and it went oh so act two was an accident you you stumbled into a success that was not intentional uh but but like but it's sitting at what like an 84 and 86 and it's like it deserves like a 72 maybe even a 68 like if we're being real if we're being real can gal gadot act no no <laughs> um, can can patty jenkins direct an action sequence no um are the special effects great no is the story good yeah yeah it's pretty good you know <laughs> like but we don't we don't measure films genuinely anymore because i think so much of it is pointless you know everybody knows this movie is going to make a fuck ton of money right so what is a critic going to do? A critic's just going to lash out and be like, I'm so fucking sick of Marvel movies. I have to review one every three months. Boo hoo hoo. And it's like, okay, well get a different job if you don't want that job. But like, don't, don't misrepresent people's efforts just mm-hmm. so you can get more clicks, just so people can pay attention to you. Like don't mm-hmm. like th- it gets into the toxicity of the whole system that exists as it is right now and it's really it's really a shame and i think like ant-man ant-man 3 quantumanium does does not deserve it should just be like yeah that makes sense that it's making as much money as it is 
not is did it only make 145 million dollars in its opening weekend because people are tired of too much cgi <laughs> which is still such a ridiculous claim and argument because have you not seen any of the previous marvel movies have you not seen infinity war the movie that you keep saying is one of the best marvel films films that you've seen like speaking as critics or like endgame it's just people when people talk about cgi and like they use that as an argument of too much cgi i'm like okay i mean so you don't mm-hmm. no i'm just gonna say like then you don't like marvel then like like you don't like it's not your thing because uh i i it, no, no, sorry. Are you about to say you don't like CGI? No, 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 no. I'm just saying it's like the Martin Scorsese thing where it this is not true cinema. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah. okay, man. Like, this is yeah, not true up, ice Martin, cream. Your four-hour movie about hot dogs was. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I have made this organic ice cream for all the best things, but I only offer vanilla. Right. No other ice cream is ice cream. This is ice cream. And it's like, Man, what if I want chocolate? Let's mm-hmm. be honest. Martin Scorsese doesn't do anything chocolate. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it took me a you minute. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait. Oh, yeah. Which is fair. I cannot think of one. It, it's a very specific flavor. Martin Scorsese he, he likes is doing a very one. specific flavor. Okay. What if I want more? You know? <laughs> what if I want more? What if I want more? Like, I don't know. He's not the be all end all. So I'm just tying it in with you. Just like, like people right. talk about CGI, CGI this and CGI that. It's like, there's more to know. a movie than just that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And like, I love the bullshit critique that people throw out of like, well, I can tell that it's CGI. I'm like, really? Do, do you know how much of that film was CGI? Yeah, all the backgrounds. How about all the costumes, dude? You think they're actually <laughs> wearing Ant Man costumes? Those are all CGI now because costumes are expensive as fuck to make. And there, the are two, there are yeah, two the parts. All CGI. Mm-hmm. There are two parts where I visibly notice the CGI. This is my criticism. I don't know how it got through, but fair. It's fair. I think it's because they are being overworked and having to put out something. Agreed. There's only two parts. Only two parts. It didn't take me out. It wasn't that crazy. One is when Cassie is on running. Uh, she's right. She gets small yeah. Yeah. and she runs. Yeah. Yep. It, it mm-hmm. looks like a stop it motion, like yeah. small yeah. soldiers. It looks like small yeah. soldiers. It's like all choppy a little bit. You know what I'm talking about? But then at the same time, imagine you're a visual artist. There has never been a human six inches. You have (laughs) to. You have to articulate with pixels a human running through a space. Like you can't (laughs) just just shrink it down because that's that's what would look weird. It's like you have to articulate each one of those things. Like are things bigger to it? Like, Like, yeah, they fucked up. I'm not disagreeing with you there. Yeah. Um, uh, the only other scene, the other scene that I, it was really noticeable to me is when, uh, Scott shows up to Hope's work and he has the, the beers and then she's oh. like, oh, she and slaps she... it, boom, 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 boom. But it, you could tell they just drew the costume over her yeah. and then he goes, boop, 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 boop. And then it draws the costume on him. Yeah. yeah. And that makes sense why that would, you would need CGI for that because there's no practical way to, to do, do that. that. But at the same yeah, time, anyway. it looked a little, <laughs> it looked a little sloppy. It did look a little sloppy, but then, yeah. but then like they even knew that, so they hard cut to them in yeah. cool costumes on a real set on top yeah. of the Golden Gate Bridge, yeah. just to be like, oh, did that scene look a little too CGI for you? Here's something real. Shut the fuck up. 
right. then people are going to say that's CGI too, right? Like people, people, some people don't know. Yeah, some people don't. Practical versus CGI. Like the, right. the one that kept catching me and it was intentional. They did it on purpose was Modoc himself. Like, mm. yes, Modoc's yeah. face looked flat, looked weird, looked different. But then at the same time, it's like, it's supposed to. Right. He's, he's supposed to be, Modoc in the comics is the ugliest thing ever created. Right. Which is funny because again, like what, like Demetri was saying is I think it's the, like, I think a lot of people might've seen that like, it's just really bad CGI. And it's like, no, like it's like that, like it's noticeable. Cause it's, cause it's so noticeable and it is very right. noticeable, but that's how he is in the comics. And then the, he's deformed, right? right? Like he's a, he's, 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 he's like, fucking hideous. He's a monster. Yeah. You, what were they expecting? Were they expecting Modoc to be, let's just say Corey stole with his head and then just put around two arms, two arms, two legs out his chin, and then green screen the rest of his body out. Like <laughs> to be flat. Well, actually, this would actually not be too bad if you had a puppeteer. So each of the arms and legs had sticks. And that's he how was they would have done it back in like 2003, like with um, <laughs> Doc Ock, how his arms were actually puppeteer. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, I okay, let's talk about Modoc. I let's, think let's Modoc as right. a concept is absurd in the comics. He's mm -hmm. he's absurd. He's never he's like okay, sure, he'll kill people, sure, he'll be a threat, but he's never A list, B list, or even a C list threat. He's a D list threat. And the only way you can put that into the MCU is yeah, you 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 do it in this fantastical world. Like if it's yeah. not here, it's gonna be in in Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Like, yeah. right. It can't. I don't think Modok exists on Earth unless you make him hardcore realistic science fiction, where his head just well, detaches from his body and floats. I mean, like, so a lot is said often about uh, the how close to the comics source material things are, and like Modok is the perfect example of like, no, the source material would have been worse. Like, like Yondu is a great example. Yondu is so different that in, in the Guardians of the Galaxy than he is in the comics that they're not the same character. But which one do you prefer? Like, I prefer this MODOK. This MODOK makes more sense in the context right. of the universe. Like, I would buy, I oh, shit, no, yeah. Because even, like I said, I saw the original Ant-Man. Um, and in the original Ant-Man, they're like, oh, his particles, his uh, fucking Darren particles. particles Oh, okay. He makes the yellow ones, the Darren particles. They're fucking with his brain. They're driving him crazy. They're not good. And when it finally distorts him, like it, he's all fucked up. Like it makes sense. That makes sense to how he ends up as Modoc. And like I always, in those moments, I always step back and just like I try, I try to have a conversation with like 12 year old hero who would sit with those big remember remember Dimitri those big marvel books that were like the visual guides I have them right there but yes yeah <laughs> um, and, and and plot like the perfect cinematic universe and then I'm like I oh, did that. how am I going to get Modoc in there I and did like, that just too tell that 12 year old with... kid dude you are going to watch Modoc on IMAX <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be awesome he's going to have one of the best jokes in the whole fucking movie. Which was what? What was your favorite Modoc joke? Uh, look at me, man. I'm totally a dick. Oh, <laughs> uh, I my favorite joke from him was, and I died in Avengers. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that one was good. Sure. That one was good. And they were I, all I like, I, 
I want to know if on the um, MCU uh, wiki, the the fan wiki, if they've updated uh, his thing to list him as an Avenger. An Avenger. Post, post let, let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. If Hawkeye in Age of Ultron can tell Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch that they're Avengers, if you go out there, you're an Avenger. Yeah. If he didn't consult with anyone, mm-hmm. nope. then, then Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp can tell Darren he's an Avenger when he dies. Yeah, so technically Modok is an Avenger. Yeah, Modok's an Avenger. an Avenger. What mm. would be great? What would be great is if we see him in Valhalla. <laughs> oh, my oh my god. He died yeah. in battle. Oh my god. Uh, dude, that would be wild. Okay, okay that I, I want I want to introduce a segment into this show if I may. Okay. Which is based off of Quantumanium, what are some predictions you have for either Kang Dynasty or uh, what's the last one? Secret War. What Secret Wars. Yeah. Secret yeah. War. Yeah. What What are some big predictions you have? I will start. Um. So, uh, because now it's being used in the uh, post week one trailers. Um. Are you the one with the hammer? <laughs> I am calling oh. it now. Scott Lang is gonna pick up Thor's hammer and smack the ever living shit out of Kang with it. You think he's gonna be? He's gonna uh, pick up Mjolnir. Yeah, he's worthy. I think he's worthy because what? Who does he model himself after? Captain America. And he's Fair. Like, and Captain, Captain America was worthy. And Captain America is worthy. Scott he is sacrificed himself. He did the thing. That's fair. I you, I don't have to win. You just have to lose. He did the thing. Right. And 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 he's like, and Kang set it up so perfectly. I get so confused, lost with all of the timelines. Are you the one with the hammer? Yes, yes, he is. <laughs> and that, uh, yeah, and that's gonna that's gonna make for a crazy, uh, similar to Cap grabbing Mjolnir moment with like the callback from Age of Ultron off of the comics, but like the callback from Age of Ultron for in the film when that happens in Kang Dynasty to, when Scott picks up that hammer, everyone's gonna go like, oh shit, yep, that's what uh, he meant. Two things. Well, first thing is, I think this movie does try to compare Scott to Cap. It would be different if they never brought up Cap, but they bring him up in the beginning. They say, you fought Captain America in Germany. It's like, I would never fight Captain America. That's ridiculous. I fought with him, right? Yeah, right. that's and insane. They, I'd never fight against him. <laughs> and I think, and I, I mean, I personally would have written this one line. When Kang is beaten, he gets up. And I would have loved... To see him say, not to the full effect, but to see him say, I can do this all, duh. And he says, duh. And he gets clocked again. Oh. Like, like <laughs> he is he is channeling Captain America yeah, in he that is fight. definitely channeling Captain America. And he um, said, um, also the quote is, looking out for the little guy. And remember yeah. in Captain America, like, that's that's literally that's what, um, uh, in the fr- from the first Avenger. Like, yeah. a quote from it. Yeah, Scott would throw himself on a grenade. He's shown time and time again. Time He's willing time. to make that play, right? Right. Um, I would love to 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 set it right above Avengers Endgame, right above it. I would love for for the new Avengers team to pass the hammer to each other because I think Shang Chi. I think Shang Chi. I would love to see Shang Chi oh, do yeah. fights with the hammer. I would Shang- love to see oh, him. Yeah. Can yeah, you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine? He does the things. He does the things. He throws it. Scott catches or Scott does it first. Then he throws it to Shang Chi. Shang Chi does it first. There's only a couple of Avengers who are worthy, but for the most yeah. part, throw it amongst but, themselves. 
you know Peter Parker Spider-Man is now worthy too I would like I would I would think he would be worthy and that would be crazy because then you could see him swing and grab it and then bam yeah he's like switch it's spinning on a web yeah <laughs> oh yeah that ass dude that'd be crazy yeah. uh so uh, I, I I would uh, she Hulk she Hulk could be like I'm good and then she just like like pounds somebody like I don't think she Hulk would want the hammer I think she Hulk no, would just no, go I, I think, yeah it would be it would be like a Black Widow moment in uh, Age of Ultron where she's yeah. like I have nothing to prove yeah right. I see uh, her, Kamala like, Kamala would lift it oh, I see Kamala her would love the that. ground what was that who Kamala Kamala, Kamala. oh yeah one hundred percent Kamala would one hundred percent lift it up yeah and I see like I see uh. She Hulk slamming the ground, sending it into the air, and then her punching it. Oh, like ooh. that would be badass, right? Because yeah. that's what she would do too. She's yeah, like, I don't like, need this, but let me do cool. that. But he's too stupid, you know? right? <laughs> <laughs> Which was the whole point, like, of the first episode, just like looking at, like, hey, Hulk, this is what you could be, but like, just use your brain for a second, bud. Yeah, like, get like, step out of yourself. Yeah, I, I don't um, think I don't think Bruce is worthy. I think Bruce no. has meddled. I think Bruce has meddled with Fair. science in general too much, too much uh, to be worthy. That's what I think. Yeah, I agree. Bruce, Bruce hates himself too much to be worthy. Yeah. yeah. I, I think yeah, Sam will lift it. Yeah. I think Sam would oh, lift it. Sam's, Sam's so worthy. Yeah. 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 Do we, Moon Knight think- not lifting it. Bucky's not lifting it yet. Bucky's, Bucky's not, not lifting it. Lift mm-hmm. it. You know? You know who is lifting it? Who? Hawkeye. I was Kate? just about to say. Kate? No. Clint. Not Kate. Not yet. You think Clint? No. Clint has too much blood on his hands. Okay. So I have this theory. Yeah. Called the old man Hawkeye theory. Uh-huh. Which is every time the Avengers have Hawkeye on their team, they win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time he's not on their team, they lose. And um, my mom is close personal friends with Jeremy Renner's sister. I think I've talked Mm. about this on this show before. So, like, my family actually knows more than a lot of people on his recovery and stuff. And just, like, insider stuff about things that are going on in Renner world. Yeah. And and I'm just going to say... Someone at someone at uh, Marvel Studios also has read uh, Old Man Logan and the idea yeah. of an old man Hawkeye being the 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 main thread through all of the Avengers has been suggested. I so, mean, oh. I'm with you. I, I like that theory that Hawkeye is the reason like people like it's that small thing that the, the everyman, even yeah. though he's not an everyman, he's very skilled. But like the everyman, right. the normal man can make it. That being said, I wouldn't mind if Clint dies and the Avengers are like, we need a Hawkeye and Kate is the Hawkeye to, yeah. to take them to the end zone, you know? Yeah. Right. But I I, I think from, from just the little I've heard of inside information, it sounds like it sounds like Jeremy is going to be playing Hawkeye for a long, long time. I mean, it, it, it seems it's a big like thing. it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I assume so, especially when I knew that he was coming back for the next phase of Marvel and he had his own show. I'm like, yeah, no, like Kate's here. But like, I feel like there is going to be old man Hawkeye. I don't think Clint's yeah. going anywhere anytime I, soon. I think, I think he'll step down from like active duty and he'll take the role 
of like the um iron or not iron man mentor uh, yeah he, he'll be the mentor to the young avengers and then he'll take on the role of uh of nick fury for the mm. Avengers. like he's the point guy oh. right because he worked close with fury um yeah for for years and even in the first avengers so mm-hmm. yeah that would make sense and he's friends with maria so yep. we, we get both we get Fury and Maria and Secret Invasion coming out this year. Mm. That's very true. Maria you know? Hill is also an underrated one. I I would love you know, to see more Maria. I would yeah. love to see more Maria. I I'm curious to see what they do with her because they've just set her up as the stalwart, and so like I think with Secret Invasion is like is she going to be a ride and die or is she going to break bad like the power right. broker? Like right. what are we going to see? What what are we going to see happen? You know, I I was we also watched um the first half hour of uh Endgame before we watched Ant-Man 3 because like mm-hmm. that's the conclusion of the Ant-Man stuff. Okay, that yeah. wraps up all the Ant-Man stuff. And in that it also has the Hawkeye part where he's going around as Ronin and killing a bunch of people. And it was the first time I've seen it after seeing Hawkeye. And I was like, man, that's so crazy. He's going around killing every fucking mob boss on the planet, but he's scared of the kingpin. Like, I think that's a cool paycheck. Like, there's a couple cool paychecks if you know about the kingpin in relationship to the Department of Damage Control. That's going to be really fucking interesting if they pay that off. MCU Department of Damage Control? Uh, No, in the the comics. Oh. The comics, the Department of Damage Control is publicly run by... Tony it's Stark. not a department i think it's a it's a it's a business it's a private agency yeah and it's funded by wilson fisk so he's collecting all that stuff oh and, okay and in phase four we get wilson fisk back and who is the new hydra-esque overbearing um agency if not that's the department, the department of damage control yeah and they're collecting all of this tech and mm. hawkeye is afraid to go after the big man i'm i'm thinking like we're gonna see a big bad turn out of uh, out of uh, Kingpin. I mean, we are getting set up with uh, damage control has been appearing in a couple of different things. We've mm-hmm. also been getting uh, 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 Julia Louis Dreyfus's character, uh, Contessa, right? Yeah, uh, Contessa. We've been getting her. Uh, we're getting Thunderbolts, which also ties in with her. Maybe with yep. Department of Damage Control. Yeah, probably like, will be a subsidiary of the Department of Damage Control. Yeah. yeah. Because that's the thing, damage control sounds uh, 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 not preemptive, but like like reactive. Something reactive. bad happens, they clean it up. But all it takes is a couple bureaucrats, a couple politicians to be like, let's solve the problem beforehand. That's damage control jurisdiction. Yeah. Well, yeah, because the, the, the most efficient way to control damage is to prevent it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Thunderbolts are going to go wild. So, Thunderbolts are going to go buck fucking wild. That's going to go wild, yeah. Like, I yeah. love the fact that that is essentially because they're like, hey, how come we're not getting like an Avengers for, for phase five? And it's like, it's the Thunderbolts. We're getting yeah, Avengers. Like, I mean, it, it's, I, I just don't like the fact that Thunderbolts has all the super, the, the super soldiers. That's it. It's the, especially taking Ghost out of there. Right. Are they, are they going to do a, a super soldier versus Red Hulk fight? Is that what the goal is? Like, are they going to try to show that super soldiers versus somebody with powers Dude, powers? I, this just occurred to me right now. What if, because who, who are the prominent enemies of the department of damage control in the context of who has damage control been antagonistic towards Spider-Man Kamala 
of the children? Yeah. What if the enemy of the Thunderbolts film is the Are... young fucking Avengers? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, and Kevin so you're, like, you'll never watch this, but fuck, I just wrote you a fucking $10 million fucking opening day <laughs> that would be fucking wild but then but then you have yelena though who knows kate so if she saw kate she'd be like wait a minute yeah yeah so we have no but but we, we get that in comics we get two friends that aren't on yeah, we that's, that's, that's fair that's fair yeah because if val got in her which clearly val got in her head enough and so she's gonna be like mm -hmm. yeah don't trust you yeah yeah but it's 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 all like black the ops part, super the are a family you know because you you got yelena the Thunderbolts? Um, yeah, well, this iteration of the Thunderbolts is is the Black Widow family. Yeah. With a few with a few uh uh stray add-ons. So like Crimson Guardian. Crimson Guardian. Mm-hmm. Yelena. Uh, Taskmaster. Um, Yelena. Taskmaster. And Taskmaster. Yeah. yeah. Three from three from Black Widow. And plus then Bucky, Bucky. And Natasha. Yeah, plus Bucky. Yeah. With, yeah. Plus Bucky. Plus, well, Bucky uh, was part of the same Hydra Super Soldier program as Crimson Avenger. True. Crimson, yeah, yeah. Crimson Guardian. Crimson Red Guardian. Guardian. Red Guardian. Yeah, it's Red Guardian. Red, Red Guardian. Guardian. Yeah. Crimson Dynamo yeah. is different. Crimson yeah. Dynamo is the the Iron Man villain. Um, and then there's U.S. Agent, mm -hmm. who I hate him. He's a I hate him so he much. I hate him so the much. The worst. The worst like, is. The fans out there that stand up for him, the fans in real life that say, even when he kills the guy on the step, that it's an act of war and it's and Captain America killed Nazis too. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. Never killed a defenseless Nazi begging for his life. <laughs> right. Uh, brutally either I, there like, was there was a beautiful article i read it was it was like a tumblr article or something like that where it was from a costuming perspective why you hate uh u.s agent and it went into like the materials that they use to make the costume the angles the the color scheme all of it was designed to make you go you're not Captain America. The suit doesn't fit think. properly, right? That's the a suit thing. doesn't no. fit properly. It it looks like it's made out of cheaper material. Mm -hmm. Um, the the helmet invokes an image of a skull. The eye, like where caps are all kind of soft and leathery, his are very hard and plastic. It's like yeah, Clown, clowns. Clowns don't do sharp angles. Clowns do rounded. Round. But yeah, John Wayne Gacy, sharp. John, John Wayne Gacy did sharp angles. Yeah. When he was a clown, um, the the red on his uniform, serial killer, serial red. killer John Wayne Gacy was a clown. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm psyched for. I'm so fuck. I'm so fucking psyched. Also, I'm really intrigued to see Harrison Ford as pick up yep. the pencil of Thunderbolt. It's Me weird too. because Harrison Ford is not the type to do these big franchise stuff. No, I he, he always wants to get out of it. I yeah. was so confused because he's like, didn't want to even do Star Wars. And that's his right. thing. He did not right. want to do Star Wars. So why are you going to now commit to Marvel? I mean, he wanted Han to die in Empire. Right. <laughs> he did not want to be in it. Like, and then when so he finally comes back, he dies in Force Awakens. Yeah, well, right. that was the stipulation. He had to die in Force Awakens to come back. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think that's because 
I remember reading something that that said that like William Hurt and him were good friends, and so he was doing it. Oh, yeah, that's I heard that that was part of it. I've also heard that he's always wanted it, like he's actually a big fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and he's always wanted. That would be wild. And if you yeah. think about it, he just has to be in a suit, and then his do ADR for the fucking Red Hulk stuff. Yeah, it's, there's no way anyone is getting Harrison Ford into those golf ball suits. Yeah, no, there's no way in fuck. Mm-hmm. No yeah. way he's going to be like, oh, like Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> as Smaug. Like, no way Harrison Ford is going to go, yeah, no. <laughs> Imagine. There's no way. There's no way. No, yeah. he's just going to be like... So Fuck it's this, it's like, yeah like he's not going to be running anywhere like like it's it's it, being General Ross is like one of the easiest gigs. Yeah, you, you stand around, you look menacing, you yell at a list actors, um, <laughs> and you get out of cars in in like national security situations. It's like a real right, right. gig, right? Um, with this with this final scene in Quantumania, well, two final scenes, right? We got the we got the mid credit scene, which is. Uh, Centurion is it Red Centurion, Scarlet Centurion, something like that. In the comics, it's Scarlet Centurion, but but he I, was I not red with the color scheme. They're just going with Centurion. Yeah, right. uh, the, which is a cool update of his costume. He looked yeah. like robotic in a way, but in a futuristic way. Then we got Ramatut, which Ramatut. which I don't know looked kind of funny. I wish they updated. It did that look funny a little yeah. bit more. It and was I a bit they, theatrical, but it it did. It looked like hey. Egypt e- like Egyptian costume for a Halloween party like right that's right. kind of what it is like it said it looked like Jonathan Majors back in October 2022 <laughs> for was Halloween. like he's like hey this is who I am for Halloween can we just film in this costume and they're like okay because like mean, he fairness, also has his shirt off right like yeah, it's yeah. classic like let's find a Halloween costume where I can also take my shirt off classic right. you know and I think he had robot arms didn't he I don't know um I don't know, but but also then there's Immortus, which I'm waiting. I'm Immortus seemed yellow peril. In the comics or in his MCU? In the com in the MCU specifically, but in the comics, I, I, I never thought of it in the comics. Um in the comics, no, because he's just a white man with a with a with a mustache and this yeah. like weird like right. But yeah. but in the movie, he looks like um, he he it, it looks he like kind of looks like the comic version of the Mandarin, or he kind of has a yeah Fu vibe to him, um, right? Because he has a Fu Manchu mustache in this. I in, think in the what they were trying to do with him, and they color his skin, not yellow. Yeah, they but recolored like his skin. I was just like, God blue. damn, he's an ashy motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> Most powerful man in the universe can't find some fucking cocoa butter. What the fuck? <laughs> he comes out, you're like, oh shit. He's and, blue. and he had that wheezy voice too. Like it's like, yeah, like oh, here goes old man Kang. <laughs> literally, what I thought the first myself. time. The first time I saw, I literally thought it was just Ash. I was like, what? I was like, hold on. Uh, but um, so there is a character that is tangentially referenced in association with Rama Tut, which is the Black Pharaoh. Yeah. 
The Black Pharaoh is an H.P. Lovecraft um, invention. It's a title for one of his characters named Nerolethotep. Um, and Nerolethotep is this um, alien force who appears as a tall um, ebony man, not black, not not uh, ethnically black. With yeah, yellow but like eyes. the monolith from um, from two thousand one. Yeah, something like that. Um, with with yellow eyes. And when I saw the what they did with Amortis, I went, oh, Nerolethotep. That's the direction they're going with it. Mm. We have we have Super Science Kang. Um, we have uh, militaristic political leader Kang, and then in Immortus we have magic Kang. That's that's my kind of assumption with with the okay. Council of the Kangs. But yeah, I could see a yellow peril in there. I think, unfortunately, I think so much of visual language iconography is associated with otherism. And uh, particularly Western European otherism, as opposed to the rest of the world, that it, it's somewhat of a disservice unless you strip away anything and and build something completely new. You're gonna you're gonna run into something like that. And of course, that's me saying that as a white man. Um, so. I'm not blaming. <laughs> I'm not blaming him. I I I, I it, it just struck me as a oh interest. It's right on the line. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Though though I did find this panel which they do pretty much Oh yeah, I, they fucking did that. They did that like Council of Kings yeah, where they're all yeah. like it's it's kind of it's hard to see. I'm sorry. I mean, here's the only thing my issue with that scene cuz I thought that scene was so great. I thought it was like it was the perfect if fine I'll do it myself was kind of a stumble. Yeah. It's like that fine that we'll day, do it ourselves. Like yeah, this was this was the fine we'll do it ourselves, but like I hope I hope they build it out better. <laughs> um, the the only part of I was like, why are they so hyped? Like, because all That's of them what were, I like, was were like, yeah, they were yeah! so they were super hyped. There. Like, why were they so hyped? Everything I've I've been told up to this point is Kangs don't like running into each other. Why are right. these guys like fucking frat boys? Like, they finally released the Snyder Cut. Yeah! <laughs> they released the Snyder Cut. <laughs> but yeah, no, I was wondering that too. Yeah. Maybe they were bored. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe they're bored and they've just been off in their own universes. Yeah. And now this is the one. Like, they don't get called together that often. But now they get called right. together because I guess there's a big enough problem. Yeah. Well, I think I think when I identified essentially the three Kangs, uh, he who remains um, the exile and the council, I think there was an equilibrium like the exile was such an imposing threat that the council didn't do anything. And he who remains was such an imposing force that the council didn't feel it needed to act on anything. So yeah, I, I think Justice is right. I think they were just bored mm -hmm. out of their mind. And now they're like, cool, we can cut loose. We can finally do what we always wanted to do. But it's right. like, it just looked silly. It just looked kind of silly that they were all like phasing and be like, hell yeah. I, like, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, very fratty. Yeah. I thought like, I wanted I thought one to come too. with like those guns that shoot dollar bills and just be like, they're like t-shirts. A t-shirt gun. Yeah, like yeah. Like, hey, look at I got it. Like they I'm glad they didn't go the route of, and I'm sure they will eventually go this route, but I'm 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 glad they didn't go the route of each one is different in this cheesy way. There's a cowboy king, 
There's a pirate king. <laughs> you know, like I'm glad they didn't like go different that. Halloween costume party. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. like for the most part, they're just uh, exact duplicates. And then there's like, oh, you're the you're the fucking fish king. Right, yeah, you're like the crocodile, king. reptile king. There you go. Yeah, there was yeah, I thought he was a scroll, but I could be I could be wrong. There was like, a I scroll there was, king. There was and a scroll. then there also was like a, an insectoid king. There were like a oh. couple of different kings. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But but here's also the thing about the multiverse. There should be a female king. There should be just as many female kings. Right. I thought about that too. Yeah. Nope, that's not how comic multiverse that's not how comic <laughs> statistics work. I mean, one female, and they fall in love with the best male version. Right. Are you talking about Loki? Yeah. Let's yeah, talk about the it. final, I final scene. Loki, which is like, yeah, oh, of course, yeah. the only person Loki could fall in love with is himself. That makes sense. Yeah. Right. Dr. Timely? Was that his name? Timely, yeah. Yep. Victor Timely. Or, uh, Victor, Victor Timely. Victor is Timely. From the comics. That is a name he uses. Yep. That is a name Kang uses in the comics is Victor Timely. Mm -hmm. I'm trying. Uh, did you and guys funny? That, that post-credit scene actually pissed me off because it's it's a trend that they do every fucking once in a while. And they did it in another Ant-Man film where they just show a scene from another movie. Like, if you remember in Ant-Man 1, the post-credit scene was just the scene from uh, Civil War where I know a guy. It was just literally uh, that scene. Oh. Wait, what? What do you say? So, so I want post-credit scenes to be post-credit scenes. I want it to be like original content fucking scenes. Right. But every once in a while, Marvel will be lazy and they'll just take a scene from another movie and they'll use that as the post-credit scene. Right. So like Avengers Age of Ultron used that scene from Civil War, right? Was that what it was? No, it was Ant-Man. Ant-Man 1. It was Ant Man one that had the the with Bucky's arm stuck in the yeah machine? Bucky's arm is crushed in the thing and they're like man what are we gonna do they're all after us and then uh, Falcon goes I know a guy and then it hard cut there because we now know who the guy is it's Ant -Man. right oh okay but and they also did it in um, Captain America the First Avenger where the post credit scene was just the trailer for the Avengers yeah I remember that like, or. Or um fuck, what was Captain it? Marvel? Um, uh yes, Captain Marvel. What was the one that had the Doctor Strange trailer? Oh my god. And why am I it was oh, Shang-Chi? Was it Shang no. no, it was Eternals? It was the, yeah, was it? It was, a, was it? it was it was either Eternals or Shang-Chi, but yeah, it did the same thing where it was just the fucking right. trailer. Right. And it's well, like oh. I fucking hate yeah. that. Like just and that like the Loki, the Loki Mobius scene with uh, Victor Timely. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm glad you filmed Loki season two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that that's finished. <laughs> I'm glad that's done. Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and I bet you, I bet you, money that that it's gonna be like. I mean, that's the whole point of what we're talking about now. But like, that's that scene is going to be in probably the first or second episode. Well, yeah, my when we were coming out of the theater, um, my partner asked. Uh, they were like. Hey, um, when was that? And I knew what they meant. <laughs> they meant like when in history was that? Yeah. But I was like, I'm pretty sure that's like <laughs> a couple months the ago. third act of episode one. You know, it would make yeah. a solid cliffhanger. And then, yeah. and then they hit me and they're like, that's not what I meant. And I'm like, okay, all right. Early 1900s, <laughs> right? Yeah, definitely, definitely a Tesla knockoff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with hair like Frederick Douglass, I was trying to, I was trying to, yeah, to yeah. figure his hair out, and I was like, I, 
I think Jonathan Majors is having a fun time with his his different hairstyles because he has oh, different right. hairstyles. Loving it. Yeah, and he Which, and I I think he's also enjoying it too. Like even with the first post credit scene with him playing the different Kangs, you can tell he's like really in his actor bag. He's just like having fun. Yeah, getting giving different personalities, but like the voice. The voice still gets me like, ah, ah, ah. but like still, like you can just tell that he's like fully in it, immersed and yeah. just in- enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. Um, as we close up this episode, uh, do you guys have any final thoughts about Quantumania versus like what is to come? Because we're getting Kang, I assume, in Loki season two, mm-hmm. and in Kang in Kang Dynasty, and mm-hmm. you can assume that he's going to be in Secret War. I don't think so. I think somebody's going to take his steal from him or something in the end of Kang Dynasty. Take his rightful thing and it's going to be a, another villain in, in Secret War. Mm. Kind of how think... Nebula, Nebula I think took the gauntlet from, from Thanos I from think Thanos in the, in in the Infinity the Gauntlet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. kind of like that. Here's, here's what I think is going to happen. They're going to have to resolve the multiversal problem especially since everyone else is playing with multiverses. We want to be done. The MCU wants to be done. So I think Secret War is going to be in the context of this is the war no one in reality can know we fought. Kind of hearkening back to Loki season one of the war that set the universe right. Um, And I agree with you. I don't think Kang is going to be the villain of Secret War. I actually think Kang is going to be, or one of the Kangs is going to be helping the Avengers try and straighten out time. Isn't okay. Doom? Are are we are we thinking Doom's going to be the main villain for Secret Wars? Um, I don't I don't think so. Think so. Mostly because like okay, yes, he is the villain in the comics, but people always say, well, why? Like it has the same title. Age of Ultron had the same title. Age of Ultron Fair. was not was not the same as the comic. Like Fair. Fair. you know, like certain things are inspired by it, right? Like. Like yeah. Secret Invasion, the show is is not really going to be Secret Invasion, the comic. Civil yeah, it's War, completely. That's an event. No, like literally, the comic is a whole ass event. Like yeah. Secret Secret Invasion is. Yeah, it's not going to be that. Yeah. So who yeah. who's to say what Secret War is going to be? Really, I right. think I think Secret War is going to be against whatever the Exile saw at the end. Because the Exile, what makes him different from all of the other Kangs? Is he saw something at the end that no one else saw? Mm. When? Remember, he's having that monologue with yeah. Janet about like why he's justified in his villainy. Yeah, and he's like, they didn't see what I saw. I saw how this ends. And then yep. you think of that in context of Loki with He Who Remains, who's like, I can't see beyond this point. So we can assume that all other Kangs are blind to what the Exile saw. And probably what the Exile Saul is going to be the villain of um, Secret War. Secret War. Uh, yeah. Well, a couple different things. I mean, like what makes the most sense for me is the sleeper enemy that's been kind of sitting around in the background of Phase Four, which is the Celestials. Mm, yeah, it could be. You know, uh, because they they keep cropping up all over the place. We still don't know where Shang-Chi's rings come from. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, it seems like celestial technology is kind of what Kang is using a little bit as well. Like mm-hmm. it would make sense. Um, or they could, they could go fucking curveball and throw Galactus at us. Of You know, 
I'm going to throw out something that I don't think everybody is. Uh, uh, I don't I don't know if anyone's ever said this. So we were talking about Thanos's motivations and Kang's motivations. And Thanos wanted to split everything in half. Kang wants mm-hmm. to conquer everything. What if the major villain is the Annihilation Wave, which is a nihilist from the negative zone, and oh, he just wants yeah. to kill everything, right? He just wants to eat and and kill everything. So thus, hey. all, like anyone would fight against that wave, right? Like no yeah, matter what right. your motivation is, it's right. utter destruction. Galactus goes planet to planet, whatever. The multiverse doesn't hinge on Galactus, but the right, multiverse right. could hinge on essentially a zombie. It's not a zombie uh, horde, but it is a horde nonetheless. Yeah. That would actually make a lot of sense and give a lot of motivation to why it's so important to stop that what it, like what's going on imagine then negative uh, zone is is might be very similar to the quantum realm right uh, well yeah uh, that's uh, what towards... i was thinking and, and that made me think of something annihilus right um not a not a a-list villain not a b-list not even a c-list he's a d-lister yeah what if the mcu version is kang who got trapped in the negative uh dimension could be that could way be a whole you can it all together yeah. Where it's yeah, like, it could yep, be a another different... fucking Kang. God damn it. <laughs> I want to yeah. I want to see Kang join the Avengers with a huge gun and just be like, all right. You know, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Let me help. You know, no, I like his gravity weapons. I think his gravity weapons are bad. Yeah, yeah but the, there, weapons, there are yeah. Kang. There are Kangs in the comics that like have the huge gun. Yeah, the huge guns. I, I do <laughs> like know? Kang with the gun, too, because it's just a classic look where it's like everybody that, yeah, has yeah. this. Black yeah. Widow has this. Iron Man has this. Everybody has this. Captain Adam Marvel Warlock. has this. Yeah. But like, who has this? You know? But it's not just like a big, it's not even just like a Bucky, like like big gun. It's like a big, like bulky. It's a, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm just, I'm just saying, I, I just came up with that. Yeah, I'm saying, good, I like that. think about it. Everybody, everybody would get on that side if the it's the utter destruction and one could say that the annihilation wave kills the multiverse and they consolidate it all into one universe now. Yeah. And then you bring in the mutants. Even though the mutants are technically already there, but I think the mutants are already here. But that's just Yeah, me. no, they already are definitely already there. I don't They've confirmed, I said yeah. the mutants are going to show up in the next phase. I don't mean like it's going to be like, "Oh, mutants came out of nowhere." It's going to be like the world is settled. Mm-hmm. Everybody's settled and then the overabundance of the mutants it's going to reach that boiling point where people are going to be like, what the fuck is this? And then people will be like, it's been there the whole time. <laughs> Charles Xavier has been holding this shit down for years, but yeah. he disappeared. <laughs> I don't know. Something about dinosaurs. <laughs> something about dinosaurs. And then, yeah, yeah. And the then they're like, oh, fuck. In. And then Bucky will be like, well, there, yeah, there was this guy uh, who was part of the the Russian program. They froze him. They, they bring him out of- Omega Red? No. I'm Like, how can you get, how can you have- Magneto still be a victim of the Holocaust. Yeah, but bring he ages slower. The MCU. He ages yeah, slower. slower. Or the Nazis found him, and Hydra went, "Yeah, that's some pretty useful shit." And so they've been unfreezing him every couple of years as an assassin. That, well. that makes more sense for MCU. I don't. I don't buy that for Magneto. Him not be he you could be Wanda and Peter's father, but he could be Wanda and Peter's grandfather. <gasps> I mean, yeah, or he's or he's just he's Magneto and he just lives a long time. Like, well, then why hasn't he been active this whole fucking time? <laughs> he like, has. We need to have a reason for why he hasn't been active this whole time. 
he has been active, but the X-Men mutants deal with mutant problems. Yeah, mutants have been keeping yeah. that shit on the DL. You know? Yeah. Um, also, uh, fucking, it's like when I was younger, I was like, maybe mutants all have the power of like rock hard bods and perfect <laughs> proportions. I, I did the same thing when I was a kid. Yeah, it's like maybe that's just a mutant thing. Like you're yeah. just a perfect uh, if, you're, if you are that type of mutant, you just got perfect proportions. Everything well, is great. No, I, right. my, my theory was always mutants age normally um, when they hit puberty and their X gene activates, they begin aging at a much slower rate. It, like it, obviously it, Logan yeah. is the most extreme version of it, but yeah. they all have that. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what they do. Um, we can make it work. Right. But I mean, um, we don't have to worry about it for another eight years. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm fine with them. I'm fine with them, you know, biding their time. That being said, I think the Fantastic Four will pop up before the multiverse saga ends. Oh, yeah. Oh, of well, yeah. It I think it's the first movie for uh, Phase Six, I believe, is what their the schedule is right now. Yeah. yeah. They're, and they're, I hope they don't use Doom. I don't no, want them to use Doom. They're not going to use Doom. No. Get if, Doom anything, for a while. if anything, maybe bring Doom in for a post credit scene. But mm -hmm. I, I, for the first villain for them, do not use Doom. Don't uh, use Doom. No, yeah, I, I would like... I would, what would you do? If I would use Doom anywhere, I'd use him in conjunction with the mutant stuff. Mm -hmm. Because that makes it a very grounded Earth story. You know, where he could be like, uh, I'm the dictator of Latvia. All mutants are welcome here. Latvia, like, but yeah. Yeah, sorry. Latvia is a real country. Latvia is a real place. <laughs> I, uh, Doom's real? I yeah. would love, they do this in the comics recently. Russia says there are no mutants in Russia. Like, so, like, Russia, like, says that. Like, that's just what they say. Yeah, so, as an allegory I think it, to Russia saying there are no gays in Russia right now. No, uh, oh, yeah, that, and, uh, was it Iran? Iran said they don't have gays in Iran. Yeah, uh, back yeah. when Ahmadinejad, uh, uh, Ahmadinejad ruled uh, Iran, they said there was no gays in Iran. And so, mm. um, Maybe Doctor Doom says there's no mutants in Latveria. Yeah, and, but he knows there are, and they're under lock and key. Yeah, maybe. No, I I imagine the first villain we're gonna get off of uh, Fantastic Four is gonna be Mole Man, and Mole Man is gonna mm. be connected to the Eternals. Like the Mole people are gonna be a bunch of deviants that didn't get taken out by the Eternals. That's that's cool. Mm, that's how yeah. I would connect that. Um, one thing I noticed. Uh, Kang's phasing tech that he was using in the post credit scene to teleport in is the exact same phasing tech that uh, Reed Richards uh, used in um, Multiverse, Multiverse of Madness. Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Well, like the square, the color, it was the exact same. Good old Nathan Richards. Yeah, like th yeah. Uh, that's that's what I noticed too. I was like, hmm, interesting, interesting. I, I, I mean, we could talk about this forever, but I think it's funny that like people online are like if nathaniel richards is black uh which is kang nathaniel richards then reed richards must be black too and it's like i don't think you understand how many how cousins work. we have and like yeah. or cousins or whatever our ancestors don't have to be our modern concept of our own race it doesn't right also all they have to do is make sue summers black and then like all of that goes sue storm yeah, yeah sue storm yeah yeah you're, right. you're just know. you're putting everyone together you're like why, why don't we just have the X-Men and the Fantastic Four be the same team? I mean, why not? I mean, yeah. I mean, why not? <laughs>
Wolverine. I mean, I personally believe Scott Summers is the best leader in um, the Marvel Universe. So put him on any team. It's going to be a better performing team. Storm, as too. Long I, as I, I as long as there are not two storm. women for him to get in a love triangle with. Like, he that always does that. Two psychics. Two Specifically psychics. Two psychics. Like, like, that is how ballsy my boy Cyclops is. That he thinks he could be in a three-way with two psychics. <laughs> he, he's he's like, hey, hey, there's nothing you're going to find up here that I won't explicitly tell you in detail. Yeah, because I'm a straight shooter. Yeah. Wow. You know? Wow. That's why Scott Summers is the best. <laughs> when done right, I love Cyclops. But yeah. then they, they waste yeah. him a lot. Uh, I want to thank you guys so much for coming on this episode and talking Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania uh, with me, with everybody else. I want to thank Miss Marauder out there. I want to thank Aggressively Relaxing. Shuby Dubert, uh, Shuby Dubert came in on YouTube and said he looked cool. Uh, oh. I forget who he was talking to. Uh, Probably Modoc. Oh, Modoc. I Probably think Modoc. Modoc, yeah. Modoc um, did look cool. He had bling. It was blinged out. He did. I, I actually, by the way, side note, I was sad when he died. I was too. I was, I was like, too. I also laughed because they made it funny with the whole Avengers thing and the dick thing. But like, I was sad. I I wanted to see more Modoc, like be like you know, kind of like the anti-hero. But yeah, yeah, um, I did laugh. I was like sad, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Am I Avenger?" I'm like, "Fuck!" <laughs> like, I can't. At least I died in Avenger. <laughs> I mean, like, I think Dimitri. We can all just wistfully think that uh, he is up there in Valhalla with with Heimdall and. Fucking Doctor Jane, Doctor Jane Foster. Imagine what him the just fuck like are you, and he's like, I'm an Avenger. He in. Yeah, I would Avenger. love, I would love for him to have Asgardian Modok armor. Oh my oh god! My god. Be- give him a feather. Give him feathers on the hat. You oh, know what I mean? Wow. Give yeah, him that like on the sides. Yeah. Yeah. Get him. Get and look shiny like gold, like gold and silver with like runes on it. Mm-hmm. If somebody have, out have there needs row. to draw this, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to some artist friends and see if they could they could make a make a Valhalla Modoc. You know that would be amazing. I think it'd be cool. Um, <laughs> thank you everybody out there uh, for watching and or listening. If you're watching us live, you're watching us on Twitch.tv/slash/TheKeegShow or YouTube.com/slash/TheKeegShow. We got a lot of people watching us on both of these, so thank you guys so much. If you're listening to the podcast, it's wherever you get your podcast from: Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. We're now on Stitcher. Uh, if you want to find our 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 uh, social media, Instagram and TikTok. At the Keeg Show, it's pretty much at the Keeg Show or slash the Keeg Show wherever Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok are our big ones. Instagram and TikTok, uh, and Patreon.com slash the Keeg Show if you want to give back to the Keeg in uh, whatever subscription tier that you want to give back. We do a lot of shows um, with the Keeg. This is the Keeg Talks on the weekends, but we also got the Mandalorian season three after show starting up March first. We also Ooh. have Comic Talk on Thursdays, and we have the Keeg Chats which is our Instagram live chat every single Monday night. Now, before we get going, Justice, where can we find you online? What do you got coming up? Anything you want to plug? Uh, you can find me, Jay Likes Comics, um, Twitter, uh, TikTok, and Instagram. Uh, nothing so far. I mean, I post uh, comedy content, skits, stuff like that. Um, as far as anything going on, you already know. Like, <laughs> like uh, personally... Uh, plan on moving to LA soon, but as far as content wise, um, yeah, no, you can find me there. If you'd like to laugh, follow me. Cool, cool, cool. You do good shit. So keep it up. Thanks, bro.
Uh, Hero, where can we find you? What do you got coming up? All right. So in March, Hazards and Hijinks is coming back after their long-awaited uh, unannounced hiatus. Monday nights belong to Hazards and Hijinks. We'll be starting every Monday at 7. You can follow us on our Twitch Hazards and hijinks. Uh, it's the little, it's a little, uh, little, little right there. Um, uh, you can. We got a Patreon. Uh, we got an Instagram. We got a Twitter. You can follow us there. It's a comedy D and D series. So, uh, and we interact with the audience. You tell us what we're doing most of the time. So it's a lot of fun. Come check it out. Um, outside of that. Um, I know I'm going to be at Gen Con this year, speaking on a couple panels and hosting a few game shows. Um, so. Uh, to everyone that I see there, that that should be cool. Hopefully, I do a um, no, I'm not going to be able to do a con before that. And then I'm also doing LA Comic Con. I'm going to be hosting um, a couple panels and a few game shows there, and uh, more more info to come. Perhaps depending on who I can book for the panels, we'll see. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's 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 the news for Hazards and Hijinks. Uh, you also have the Red Fair, right? Oh yes, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, Terry Knott. Uh, Harkin, uh, if you are a fan of Renaissance Entertainment, titties, beer, and jousting, come on down to the Irwindale Santa Fe Dam starting on April 8th, every Saturday and Sunday until May 22nd, where you can see me take on the performance of The Bard. That's right. Billy Shakes entertaining you all for the low, low price of whatever Walgreens is selling the tickets for uh, when you decide to buy them. Uh, <laughs> and if you want to join us, uh, find us online, um, renaissancepleasurefair.com, I think, uh, if you wanted to join. Uh, also get uh, pre-sale tickets and things like that. But yeah, psyched cool, about cool, that. Cool. Real, I've I've learned too much, too much Shakespeare in the past. Two yeah, months. you have. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, that's been as long as I've known you. Yeah, yeah. But I, I like as soon as the as soon as Renfair is done, I down like two big ass bottles of Fireball and I forget it all. So yeah, yeah. all of Shakespeare. Yeah, all of Shakespeare. It's all gone. Yeah, oh, it's all gone. It's it's the it's uh, a memory eraser. Side note: It's cool that Irwindale. Irwindale sounds like from from Lord of the Rings. I'm just it does. It does. It does. Right? It's got that yeah. ring to it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yay. Yay, Unlike... nobles and gents. Join us at the Dale of Irwin. Irwindale <laughs> <laughs> Ir- sounds cool. Glendale does not. Glendale doesn't. Irwindale, way better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I rate that 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Uh, thank you guys so much for being on this. Thank you to everybody out there. Once again, I am your host, Demetri Pereira, and this has been the Keeg Talks, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. Take care, everybody. Woo! Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.